Kyle, Kyle said that he's he's recording by himself today. I am. I've really enjoyed my 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 uh, my buddy recordings where I'm just a guest. He left the he left the warmth of my ice cube fortress. Yeah, I went to go get us some cigarettes at the local convenience store, but that was three thousand miles away. So, womp womp. <laughs> so you're, now you're in a beautiful La Quinta Inn. <laughs> Where most of the windows are intact. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody, to episode twenty of Kino Clash. You guys, we we did it. We we doubled over our double digits. Yeah. Is that like? Is this our like bicentennial now? Is that what we would call this? Um. Yes. We're actually. We're actually scrapping the whole process and reviewing Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams today. <laughs> Um, a movie about heart and gears. <laughs> Spoilers for <laughs> Bicentennial Man. <laughs> who's here talking with us? Uh, who, who's here talking to you, Kino Clashes, today about Bicentennial Man? Uh, I, I'm Robin Williams from The Birdcage, uh, and I'll be talking about Bicentennial Man today. <laughs> Which which other Robin Williams do we have here? Yeah, I'm Robin Williams from Insomnia. Otherwise, dang it! Oh, Dark d- Robin. Were we all doing? <laughs> Alex, were you gonna do Insomnia I too? I was gonna do Insomnia. Ah, <laughs> I get ah, Insomnia, nuts. you sons of bitches. All right, all right, Alex, you go next. I want to challenge myself. I want to see if I can guess what you're thinking. No, I'm not going with anything too. I can do another one. I can do another one. I actually, I, I'm, oh, okay. I'm more than happy to. Okay. Yeah. I, I take it back, everybody. I'm actually the Robin Williams from The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Starring wow. Mia Kunis and Robin Williams. Mila. Me, there's an L in her name. Oh, really? Because I acted with her and she said it was Mia. So. <laughs> Curious. Yeah, Kyle's the expert on this, Alex. You should really watch where you're standing. Who the fuck is Kyle? I'm Robin Williams from The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. And I'm angry. So Alex is Alex's genie, um, and I'll be uh, I'm I'm Robin Williams from Pan. <laughs> he wasn't in that Hook. one, my friend. Ah, Hook. Oh no, <laughs> you're right. It is called Hook. All right, <laughs> yes. in that case, I'm I'm Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. There. All right, I'll I'll correct my wrong. Mm, oh my god, that's Williams. actually really embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> well, and who we wants watched. To read the. Who wants to read the? <laughs> oh, it should be. Alex. No one chose Patch Adams. Someone should have chose Patch oh, Adams. I forgot about that movie. Yeah, Alex. I know a uh, lot. Of, was... I'm not a Robin Williams fan. I had a lot kicking around in my head. He was a big actor. He was in so much. It's hard not oh, yeah. to uh, have like nine or Jumanji. Ten. Yeah, Jumanji is a good classic. Um. Alex, you want to read the <laughs> Sure. I'm not stalling. Wait, we haven't even introduced speak. what's going on. We haven't even we haven't done anything. We don't just This read is the it. Bicentennial Man podcast. I don't understand what the oh, confusion oh, I'm is. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Read read Bicentennial. You know, I was How? talking with a Kino Clasher this past weekend, who I won't name, um, but it's not Paige the Parrot, and I mean that genuinely. And this this supposed Kino Clasher was saying she skips the banter that we do and says we go on for too long with our jokes. And no. I said you're a psychopath. 
<laughs> well, the bicentennial man discussion is not a joke. We should do only long jokes. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the movie for two minutes and then torture everybody with us <laughs> for the rest. Like the joke version of your first introduction to the Green Mile. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Well, anyway, on on the 20th episode of the Bicentennial Men podcast, we're going to deviate a bit today and actually talk about two separate movies. Uh, starting, so we're actually pitting Spirited Away, my pick, versus The Prestige, Kyle's pick. I don't know the numbers. Go ahead and tell me. This is a, this is a 215 matchup. This is my, once again, two-seed David versus Alex's 15-seed Goliath. And, of so. course, the winner of this will go up against Bicentennial Man. Of course. Yes. <laughs> That's actually the secret last episode of Kino Clash is whatever makes it all the way to the end <laughs> goes up against Bison. I mean, I think the world's favorite movie. I mean, that's why. This is like the in the in any video game when the final boss you beat him, but then he gets resurrected for like phase two. That's that's grand finale. Hey, Alex, I know this is the 20th episode, but stop spoiling uh, plot points from Bicentennial Man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Well, on today's Japanese version of Bicentennial Man, starting with Spirited Away, IMDb has the synopsis as, During her family's move to the suburbs, a sullen 10-year-old girl wanders into a world ruled by gods, witches, and spirits, and where humans are changed into beasts. Not bad? All right. That's pretty good. I like it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so, of course, I'm going to go last with my picks, but whose first time is it watching this movie? I believe only mine. Only, uh... That sounds right. Sorry, who is that? Is that, uh, The Angriest Man (laughs) in Brooklyn? This is Robin Williams. (laughs) Yeah, this is... (laughs) Okay. I'm so, I wasn't putting on my. It's only my first time watching Spirited Away. <laughs> that was me spitting well, on someone. I'm so Robin, <laughs> do you want to take it away then, since it's your first time? I will. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I watched this, uh, what, probably like a week and a half ago or so, Ryan? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Williams, from. Uh, I, I, I'm yeah, I don't know. Guys, spoilers, we're not actually all Robin Williams from different Robin Williams. (laughs) Ryan's not having shenanigans. (laughs) It's been ten minutes. (laughs) We haven't had a single thought. (laughs) Oh, we've had plenty of thoughts, just nothing very intelligent. (laughs) Okay. So, I watched Spirited Away. Um... And as I said, I've been complaining about this one uh, because I think it's just absolute bullshit that I'm going up against it. Um, And I watched it. And, you know, this is my third Ghibli movie I've seen so far. Um, And I I was a little bitter going in, but very quickly. I mean, it's fucking Ghibli. So, I mean, like, very quickly I was was won over um, because it's just incredibly charming. Uh... And I was really enjoying myself. And I was like, yeah, this is the first Ghibli movie that's, like, really speaking to me. Um, And I'm really vibing with it. Um, 
And then, uh, an epiphany I've had since, like every Ghibli movie, the ending fell incredibly flat for me. Um, just, it, it, truly, each one, Porco Rosso the least so, uh, has always just felt so shoehorned at the end. And like they ran out of time and just said, all right, well, wrap this thing up. Um, so that being said, I don't really even know where I rank this among my Ghibli movies at this point, because this ending fell the flattest of any of them for me. Oh. Um, I was talking with Ryan afterwards about it, um, and I definitely see the appeal of just returning to this world because of how fantastical and mystical it is. But I am really curious to hear what you guys have to say, um, because besides besides the usual parade of honorables that we give to uh ghibli movies uh yeah this did not stick with me much at all okay interesting that you thought this ending fell flatter than princess mononoke but well had decidedly less billy bob thornton so almost infinitely less (laughs) thornton really we're rebranding now to only talking about movies with less billy bob thornton (laughs) than princess mononoke is that that true? will be our rating system. <laughs> wait, wait, forward. is that true? And, uh, Are we rebranding to movies with less Billy Bob Thornton than Princess Mononoke? Uh, yeah, I mean, a Billy Bob prominent movie. I don't. All right. <laughs> looks like we. We'll, uh, it looks like we beat the shit out of Ryan before we started recording. <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, so we'll go ahead and affirm that. And uh, yeah, this is now a podcast about movies that have less Billy Bob Thornton in them than Princess Mononoke. Uh, we'll see you guys on the docket next Tuesday. <laughs> okay, let's continue this trade. Who's up next? Uh, I can go next. I'll, I'll give Ryan some time to cool down. He's he's looking at his reddest that we've seen him in a while. A, um, While I'm we're here on this, I want to change the voting to <laughs> we vote which movie has the least Billy Bob <laughs> The one with the least, is that the winner or is that the loser? Yeah, the one with yeah, the, the, the contest is now whichever has the least Billy Bob <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah. Orion's taking a big old swig of wine. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I've seen <laughs> most uh, uh, of Studio Ghibli's movies. I think I'm I, I'm still uh, not. I still haven't seen uh, Princess Kaguya, um, and then I think there's one other that I haven't seen. Uh, but I will say. This is the one that sticks with me the least, despite it being quite incredible of a, like a viewing experience. I don't know what it is. Nothing about this movie, story-wise, uh, speaks to me in any capacity. Uh, I love the visuals. I love the way it looks. I genuinely... I, I have like a thing of notes pulled up because I... I had watched this a week ago, and I am struggling to remember it. And as I was watching it uh, that time, uh, I was like, did I see this movie before? Like, I know I I own this movie. I I know I've seen it before. (laughs) 
Uh, and then it was it like would come back to me in like a like a fever dream esque like oh yeah oh, um, but yeah it really like left me almost immediately after I'd watched it a first time and it's leaving me pretty quick this time too so uh, really big fan of the I mean I'm always watching the dubs on these things I like the dub uh, I thought I thought it was a I thought it was a good performance. Nothing notable, nothing that st- stood out to me. I I actually like the ending because I think it's really silly. Um, but that's me. All right. And for me, this is I, I've probably seen this around five times now. Um, so I watched the the sub when I was taking my notes, and then actually yesterday I I, I put on the dub while I was going to bed, and I was actually pretty impressed with the uh, the quality of the dub. I thought they did a really good job of finding people that actually fit the characters and uh, <laughs> doing it justice, um, <laughs> which was a pleasant surprise. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, I, I really like this movie because of the world building and the environment that it, it places you in. It's a lot like Alice in Wonderland with a just totally unique twist and that's what i really get from it i love all the creature and character designs um i love the the lighting and just the little tiny details that ghibli always has but in this movie it almost feels like there's 50 different art styles going on uh, simultaneously and for that reason it really connects with me the story itself is is one that also doesn't like fully connect with me um outside of being just a pretty solid coming-of-age story. I think it does a really good job with its themes, and I think it focuses much more on the world-building and kind of culture behind a lot of the art. Um, And for that, I I think it's a really genius and beautiful movie. I think it really encapsulates a lot of uh, themes and, uh, I don't know, I guess values of the uh, the, when it was made um, in the the culture of Japan at the time. So... Yeah, I, I, I think it does a great job of balancing really fun um, art that you can show a child and a movie with themes that can apply to anybody. So, I yeah, I think this is a great movie. All-time great, honestly. Love it. Okay. Um, so, going into this again, I was honestly torn between thinking... I feel like I should have. I, I, it was a toss-up whether I put this movie on my list or Howl's Moving Castle. Um, and upon rewatching this movie, I think honestly I would swap it out for Howl's Moving Castle. But that's not to say I don't love this movie. Just like how everyone said, and it's just a given going into a Ghibli movie that the art style is absolutely magical and it's perfect and it sweeps you off your feet and takes you into this magical imaginary world where you're just completely engrossed for two hours it is such a it really is a very magical viewing experience and the characters are so unique and distinct and creative and fun and there's never a dull moment in anything in the music in the art in the characters it is just such a such a ride throughout and i am left with a lot of sort of reflection afterwards after watching this movie like i do think about this movie a lot in terms of just like a lot of beats throughout the movie a lot of set pieces where it it really is just like just picture perfect and the tone and vibe you feel while watching it 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 leaves a lasting impact for me um 
So it really is, I think, in terms of art style and in terms of in terms of art and characters, I think it is the best that I've seen in a, in a Ghibli movie. Granted, I've only seen three, Mononoke and Howl's Moving Castle. But the story did leave me a little bit wanting, especially in the end. When I first watched this movie, that was my biggest pain point, was at the end, I didn't feel an emotional payoff, starting from basically when, when Haku turns back into a human. Um because the music's picking up and they're all talking dramatic but like there's really nothing of emotional we substance got there. Baby boy. Oh, do we? Yeah. Are you not getting it, Brendan? No, I'm getting it, but it sounded yeah, like it stopped when he started talking. I mean when he stopped talking. And I was like, weird. Is the wire twisted at all? Yeah. You know what? You're that's a good point. That's it. Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, that was the that was all that was on my list. So check that one off. I guess <laughs> that was my that was Ryan's debugging of the day. Hey. <laughs> hey. Oh my god, it sounds so much better. Alex, just looking over at this ball of snakes. God, I don't know what the problem could be. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Alex, you were you were talking uh, uh, about... <sighs> no, no, thank you. I, I'll just pick up uh, where I was talking about the ending. Basically, when I first watched it, I was... I was fe- felt left... That's not a sentence. My biggest pain point was the ending, and specifically when they're falling through the sky after Haku turned from a dragon back into a human and all that stuff. Because the music picks up and all that, and it's just, I didn't feel an emotional payoff there like I did with like Howl's Moving Castle, for example. So for that reason, I think I would swap it out. But besides that, everything beyond the last, everything before the last probably eight, ten minutes, I think is near perfect in everything it tries to do. This is so interesting how I've managed to have opposite. <laughs> I I enjoyed the ending. <laughs> Thought the rest but of you it. liked it because guess... it was silly. Well, yeah. And I don't think well, that's so what the movie I... was going for. That's a, let's start there. Yeah. What 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 do you get out of this? Okay. What, what what I don't like, know. What's the silly enjoyment you get? I think it's. Or are you talking specifically to Brendan? Yeah, well, I, I guess, I guess I'm talking. Yeah, I guess, so I get right. You <clears throat> like the ending, or you are also left feeling it. Uh, after we discussed briefly, I was like, "Yeah, it, the ending never sticks with me." But this last time, it has, um, and I think it's because I had to frame it in a in a different light than what I watched it in. That me too. The first time, I, I was left really wanting, and this last time, I think knowing what I was going into, I was more satisfied, but not. Not to the degree I think I should have been. Yeah, um, for me, framing it in the light of an Alice in Wonderland girl who needs to put herself out there in order to succeed, I really like it in that lens because you're looking at these characters, um, Yubaba's sister, who is just the exact mirror of the villain of the movie. And so kind of overcoming your preconceived notion that that is what evil looks like and as well with the uh no face that's his name right no face um kind of coming to terms with who they are and 
looking past um, the things that maybe they've done wrong and helping them despite the fact that it, it's not your first instinct. Um, that I feel like that's a big step in uh, Chihiro's maturity. And it really feels like a step forward in her character and it feels like a, like a worthy conclusion to kind of what she's been learning because she's really had to go through a lot to get to that point. And so, it, Kyle, I know your complaint was that it kind of just all wraps up so suddenly. And it, I would definitely agree. But at the same time, it didn't feel unnatural to me. It didn't feel like they were rushing anything. It felt like a good conclusion because she had worked all that time to get the train ticket to get there. And then she finally kind of came to terms with who those characters were and everything. So I, I liked it. I, I, I thought it was good in that sense. But looking at it just in a purely story standpoint, yeah, it, it does just seem like it's out of nowhere and nothing really gets resolved. But I feel like it's more for her development as a character and becoming more mature. Well, yeah, I don't I don't think that this world exists for anyone but her journey. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that there's any spinning plates that are there for any other reason than to develop her. I don't, you know, it's not like yeah. when you're watching a, a, a Star Wars movie now or something and it's like, oh, that's going to be a show. Uh, like, I don't think this world persists. <laughs> Um, I don't think we're gonna get the 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 book of uh, Yobaba or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the book of Yobaba. I don't know, man. A book of Yobaba directed by Robert <laughs> Rodriguez. I could jive with that. <laughs> um, um, but I mean, yeah, no, so, I, like also. Oh, go on, Brendan. I was just gonna say, I I enjoy how it sort of like. I don't know. I feel like. It's like moving through a pinhole into a cavern and then getting sucked out of another pinhole where it's just like the movie goes big and then real small, like all, like almost as fast as it got big. Uh, and I, I don't know. It's like a roller coaster ride almost in that way. But I, I like it. I like the um, like the kind of quick succession of reveals. And I like the like. <laughs> goofy little thing at the end where it's like none of these pigs are my parents <laughs> i like all that that's all fun <laughs> i mean because hey guys if we're being honest if i had to pick michael chiklis out of a lineup of pigs that'd be quite difficult <laughs> <laughs> i so oh, like, that's for me, that's mean it's... i'm sorry <laughs> I, I mean you know you, do what you will um yeah is it's, that somebody in the after... dub? Yeah, yeah, that's the dad in the yeah, dub. Yeah, that's the dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, also, I never mentioned it, but I also watched the dub. Because I like the Ghibli dubs, I think. they're Even Mononoke, I thought was fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I watched the sub. I think I've only seen the sub. Oh, you're missing like out I said, on, I was on impressed. the thing? I, the dub was genuinely good. I didn't finish it, but yeah, like it, it felt like they actually got the right people this time. <laughs> I'll watch um, it next go time. Go on, though, Kyle. Um, yeah, no, it's up until Granny's house at the very end. And after Granny... I even like Granny's house, and I really like the... Uh, oh, well, your friends made you this uh, this hair tie, you know, so it's going to be strong. I'm like, yeah, I'm on board with that. But it's literally right when they start leaving that, like, it's just domino effect of, 
you know, number... Well, actually, my first disgruntlement is Jahiro does not say goodbye to No-Face at all. She just... She says goodbye to Granny and, like, hugs her and all this stuff, and she doesn't even acknowledge that No-Face is staying there. And that, that makes me upset, and I don't care for that because, you know, he's I don't trying to she... I don't think she really liked No. I don't think she liked No Face all that much throughout the movie because he was kind of like he was, he was a little clingy and pushy, and ate a few people. <laughs> well, he ate a frog, and, <laughs> and a, two people. He, he ate he ate more than just the frog. Yeah, I guess. And he used counterfeit gold. Uh, he did make a lot of counterfeit gold, and you know what? That's rad. Okay, I liked No Face. I thought he was a pretty cool. <laughs> Very good. No faces. Oh, that's the other thing. Also, all the like posters for this, like, and every shot of this movie I've ever seen have no face prominently featured. So I thought he was going to be more of a character than he was. Um, you know, so maybe that's why I was more attached. But yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way. But no, it's after Granny's house that it's, you know, the oh Haku, I remembered you're the river spirit, and then psh, we're done with that, and then. All right, well, now you have to guess your parents. Oh, well, none of, none of them are pigs. Like, I, I guess that's, like, wh- where did we see the growth that, you know, deserved that, that she would be able to beat that game? Um, you know, I think it feels the movie. just very... Uh, <laughs> the, the movie as a whole, was, like her process of growth to yeah, that Yeah, but, like, like, we haven't... Like what, but when did she what, learn to deduce? Does, yeah, what what does that test embody that she has gone through in the movie? Trusting herself. Trusting in solid take. That's a solid well. take. Right, because you have you have to trust that you know you, that you, that you can believe what you what you feel, and she feels like none of them are her parents. Bada bing, bada boom. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'm not overly satisfied with it still because it is just a little too whiplash. You wanted, you wanted fantasy? Sh- you want you Herlock Sholmes to show up and, <laughs> and teach her how to, how to well, make I deductions? I thought this was a part of the Sherlock Gnomes universe. Uh, I thought he was going to show up. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I don't know. It really did, like... It, it felt like it was growing to something a lot bigger than it ended with, which I guess is kind of what you were saying, Brendan, is that, yeah, kinda, yeah. It, it, and you get enjoyment out of that. I don't know. I just, I really, I, I honestly think it that felt that, that, a that, very shallow resolution. That um, is, I think, I think the, the problem that you're going to keep running into with studio Ghibli movies, at least they're more fantastical ones is that they usually um, have a sort of way of ramping up and then cutting their own legs out from under themselves intentionally. Um, If we end up ever watching Howl's Moving Castle, I think it has the same thing that you don't like about this movie in it. You think Uh, so? I remember liking that ending way more. Oh, I felt way more satisfied. I, I I love that ending. But once again, they sort of... Hint at something, build up to like a major conflict. The conflict doesn't like directly uh, coalesce in any way, and then you're given like a full explanation of something in the last minute, and then within two more minutes, the movie's over. Like that—that's well, so how that ending runs. Um, 
And what what's that I think that, move? Why are they making that move? From my my opinion, <laughs> having watched uh, so many of uh, of their movies, and you know specifically Miyazaki's movies, I think it I like I always register it as like you know kind of what Ryan said earlier a little bit, but just like who you think the villains are going to be, who you think you're going to have conflict with is not who you will end up having conflict with. And, you know, life changes in such a way that, you know, you don't have hard cast heroes and villains and that sort of cutting the legs out from under you uh, in, in, in their movies, I think is a representative of that. Cause like if, if we even look at Mononoke and, you know, and this movie and, you can see that it's like, oh, yeah, well, no one's really, like, that, like, yeah, you have to actually just, like, work out a, 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 an agreement with this person. You're not actually going to stab them or something, you know? For me, and I, I, feel, I feel these like movies that's are kind so imaginative. These movies are so imaginative and creative. I feel like he's really purposely going for the whole, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey sort of well, thing yeah yeah 100 and and i think that uh, uh like it's also like yeah why would we do the thing that while is common for you know their own movies but is uncommon for other films like why would we resort to like conflict to end the movie when we can end the movie with like a lack of conflict resolution like just sort of let everything kind of slowly. But I get, I, see, not slowly, I, that's but my like, problem, though, is because I'm fine with movies that don't have conflict resolution. Like, I would say No Country is very much so a, you know, oh, well, sh- shit happens, and, you know, things don't always end up in a nice bow. My problem is they do have conflict resolution. It just feels unearned most of the time. Like, there is a resolution here. The conflict is solved. Jihiro gets her parents back. But it's not, you know, like, I, I, I get to that point and I'm like, well, you know, I would have liked, liked to see this instead of being just chewed out of the theater. You saw this in theaters? <laughs> <laughs> Special screening, you know, a rare opportunity. Um, but no, like, I, and I, I see what you mean, but it's also like, I don't know, like, I don't, give that like i don't care that much about her parents so i don't need to see more than i saw of her rescuing them yeah but you you care about chihiro and you want to see her sort of be this bigger person and 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 like earning that like big gratification of of pointing out that those pigs aren't her parents and all that stuff so i i I completely agree with kyle Uh, for me the ending isn't so much unsatisfying in how she gets back to her parents for me, it's unsatisfying in her and Haku's relationship because on this viewing, I bought their her love for him more than the first time I watched it. Um, like I, I could feel like it, not a romantic love between the two, but more like a childlike love for a friend and something like that. Um, but then just the resolution at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, you remember your, I remember your name, you saving from the river. And that's that we don't talk about Haku anymore. And like, I wish they would have added maybe five more minutes to that. Or after she goes back home to her parents, to her new home or whatever, 
that she develops some relationship with like, oh, look, our new house is right by the river. So I, I'm always connected with Haku in some way. Something like that would have been way more satisfying for me for those two characters. But I feel like there was no resolution to their love necessarily. There's a resolution to him for sort of discovering himself, but their relationship had had no ending there. It would have been really funny if it was like, oh, welcome to welcome to your new house. Uh, here's our here's our manservant, and it just the guy looks just like and then just a, a wink. <laughs> Credits. I, I, for me, it's more of an because, like, in all reality, the events that happen in the movie have no bearing other than the lessons she takes away um, moving forward. And so, I I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want any kind of events from what happened to. Be given yeah, it's any almost sort of like, gravity uh, in the real Pan, world. Pan's Labyrinth, where it's like, yeah, did like it the, these things. Exactly, yeah, it, and it's Alice in Wonderland in that regard, where it's just she went on this wonderful journey and she learned a lot about herself and how to interact with others and, and treat others, and the lessons she took are inherently more valuable than anything she could have taken from being in that world. Um, well, no, I, I will I, say that. I think now, hold on. I, I think we're to believe it, it all definitely happened. Because they get back well, to the car and they're like, why is there dust all over the car? And why is, like, oh, who's pulling this prank on us? And she, yeah, and but she has to more about the lesson. But, Kyle, yeah. you totally missed it, though. When they're walking into the cave uh, the first time, <laughs> uh, there's, like, a there's like a bird cage with, like, six dead canaries. <laughs> 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 that's the so, trick so you know there's probably like some kind of gas <laughs> yeah no, I mean it's just one of those things where sure there's dust but the, the, what she's learning and the, the lessons she takes are in, inherently and literally far more valuable than having that be real I, I, I prefer that it has no bearing on the real world, I guess is the, the main thing. I, I, I agree. I, I, I feel like the movie is so, like, like crazy and strange uh, that, like, trying to, trying to make sure everything makes sense almost seems, like, worthless because these, like, spirits don't really make sense. <laughs> I, I prefer her not to take home a little silver bell as the first gift of Christmas, and it it actually <laughs> appeared. In her but she <laughs> well, but like she had a hole in her pocket, and this has been foreshadowed throughout the entire movie. So she probably won't take home that silver bell if we're being honest. But yeah. then perhaps I don't know. Maybe a coup would deliver it. Who's who's to say? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, so this ending was it was it's interesting how like we each had different semi different points of views on the ending, but that didn't really correlate with our points of view on the end on sorry. We had different points of views on the movie as a whole, but that didn't really correlate with our views on the ending. We kinda had like mismatch there, so it's kinda interesting to hear all your opinions. But besides that, let's get more positive. Let's talk about everything up to the last eight minutes of this movie. For example, I, the food. The art. <laughs> there yeah, is the food. food as a part of that. <laughs> the food that looks food. tasty. 
was mega <laughs> yummy there. If I wasn't, um, you know, if I wasn't by myself Color this boy. week, I, I, I would have. <laughs> I would have black and white. I would have ordered some some lovely some lovely food to eat, but I I I'd hate to waste the uh, waste the money on just myself. So, I I sat and I ate a microwaved ramen while I watched that scene. <laughs> yeah, that's the, sad. The food is lovely, I, and that's the thing. I feel like the art really lends itself to the kind of message it's trying to uh, present, which is a, a warning of overconsumption um i believe i i watched like kind of some history about this movie and a lot of the characters that appear are basically grabbed from like japanese mythology and and folk tales and everything and in many ways this movie is a warning kind of about not abandoning these uh these ancient roots uh in in favor of consumption um because i I understand Jap- Japan had a huge turn to capitalism and, and overindulgence following World War II, and that was something this movie was trying to address was that kind of overconsumption. And I think the art and everything really kind of masks that. Like, you can take this as a very kitty thing, but it's something that was clearly very important to the director, and I, I think it came through really, really well. Um, the, the, I mean, the messaging is, is I mean, very overt, just if you consume a lot, you're going to become a pig. <laughs> if you <laughs> consume a lot, you're going to swell up and consume others around you. It's, uh, it's great. But is it um, as overt as Wally? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. But um, yeah, yeah, no, that's and that's, I, I that's really a super like interesting it. perspective. I mean, like I figured that it, they were pulling stuff from actual folklore, but I didn't have the um lasting interest to google that um unfortunately yeah the uh like the big baby that's uh that's a a, a creature <laughs> in, in that kind of mythology uh river dragons of course and um i feel like i've seen something similar to no face in like japanese old paintings yeah the uh the video i watched it, it's not like it's more in in, in premise i guess like kind of his behavior has been portrayed in other like monsters from that kind of lore, but uh, it it seems like No Face is pretty unique, although it like exhibiting those kind of features, personality wise. But yeah, uh, I I love the art. Um, a lot of my notes were just like talking about how great everything looked uh when that uh the the ick monster came through and she has to make the bath when she's like hiking up her her pants and just kind of trudging through that muck it's just it and you get the sound effect to go along with it it looks great and it everything they're going for it doesn't have like a realistic look but it feels real um and that's why like you said the food like it, it it all just it, it looks like how your brain thinks it should look, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and oh, for yeah. that, it's really effective. And it really places you there, even though you're seeing these out-of-this-world uh, characters. You just uh, reminded me of, of something else. Um, this might have had the best sound design of any movie I've seen. Um, it is crisp. Ever? Or animated? I would, I would put it perhaps ever. I mean, it wow. is 
noticeably just like wow that is mm-hmm. some excellent sound yeah them walking on those hardwood floors in that bathhouse yeah. just sounded so mm. even just like the the clicky noise of her picking up the coal from the suit um mm-hmm. spirits um things like that and along with the sound design oh my goodness the score is oh beautiful I, it's one of my favorites out of like ghibli ghibli movies have some of the best music without a doubt and this is tops for me among that i i love this score it's really beautiful and uh i think it adds to every scene it's in um without distracting it, it both becomes the environment and you can p- pick it out and be like yeah that's that's amazing <laughs> like that i would listen to that <laughs> now about the art yeah no i mean uh, what what can be said about it that hasn't already been said for me the thing that stuck out the most out of this movie is how dynamic the art was and by that i mean like i feel like any just simple motion that a character went through the artist went through and added a little extra to kind of make it more dynamic and more alive like there are so many moments where like like a few moments that stuck out to me was like chihiro sticking her head out the window to look at something that could have easily been exactly that just sticking her head out but instead they draped like a little cloth over her so when she stuck her head out the the drape kind of you know landed on her head and it was like taken to her form and she would pull her head back and the drape would fall down and then just kind of hang there and swing you know what i mean like stuff like that was completely unnecessary but you add that in to kind of give yourself that sense of motion and realism and or like a character interacting with something and they walk away, but then that thing kind of falls in the background and interacts with other things. Like everything just feels like it has gravity, like it has weight. And or at any time a, a, a character moved, like the way their arms and limbs would just kind of like follow them. Everything just had gravity to it. I felt like, man, how do, I can't believe you can animate something like that where you literally have no rules in terms of physics but to animate that so perfectly. And it was both super realistic and super fantastical, and they meshed it in such a way where it it just worked so perfectly, the two together. Absolutely. I mean, uh, once again, this is, you know, Akira level, like, the planning that had to go in. Like, I imagine their storyboards were insanely detailed for a lot of that stuff, just to make sure that, like, from shot to shot, everything was... Uh, following the the order that they wanted it to go. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like every single frame of this, like the YouTube channel suggests, is a painting. (laughs) Uh, And the uh... fact that we get like a quintillion of them over the course of this movie is insane. It's mind-boggling, the artistry. I I am Mm. just going to push back slightly. Um as a as a new defender of Akira, and I am just gonna say I'm. Did you say a nude defender of Akira? <laughs> a new defender. I have been podcasting <laughs> bottomless since we watched Akira. <laughs> uh, even when I was over at Ryan's, uh, he was uncomfortable. Uh, but you know, I mean, it was already hot enough in that igloo. <laughs> uh, so you're, yeah, you're saying you you definitely don't prefer this to the akira art style and direction i guess i i i think i i think it's beautiful the work they did uh and i agree every it's 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 not it's it's not it's it's i still there's nothing i've seen like akira 
Like, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that... One of the most impressive. I would say that... What, I'm not like even the, doing this as, like, an argument right now. Oh, no, no, I'm no. I'm just no. saying, I mean, like, in pure principle, I would not say this is a Kira level. To me, the the where where I, like, give the comparison is in, like, the meticulous detail. Because, like, yeah, Akira goes much bigger and has just as meticulous detail on, like, these really huge set pieces and things that is more incredible than the animation here, without a doubt. I still think that, like, seeing something like this, it's, at least for me, paying attention, like Alex said, to, like, background details, to how things move, to how things interact with each other, like, from a technical aspect of that is so impressive that, like, if you go into the movie watching for that it is like holy holy shit why'd you even care this much you could have just you cut away two seconds later why does it matter that it looks this good um and just like that kind of level that i think yeah i I can agree with that hands down yeah i i would put it on the same level of akira for for different reasons i just love the the variety and cohesiveness of all the character design i i love like funky looking monsters and little, oh, yeah. little critters. The big and, hairy and, uh, dumpling guy at the beginning with the nipples. Yeah, I they did such a good job of making such unique characters for the movie. Um while also maintaining a, a level of consistency with like believing that they would be in this world. I think it's immaculate. I it's it's not the uh the kind of dystopian future that I connect with so much in Akira. And I, I definitely prefer Akira, I would say, but I just I love the variety that this movie has to offer and the, the just the pure imagination that it inspires. Like it, it's just so great. I love the look of all the all the little set pieces in this movie. Oh yeah, like Kamaji down in the in the furnace room mm-hmm. with the little soot boys and all his arm interactions and how things are just always going on or. Or Yubaba and her turning to like this crow-looking thing by just draping a blanket and only exposing her, ice, her nose so that it's a beak. Like it's so her creative. Ice, her iced What's out nucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, just Yubaba got drip. Let there, uh, <laughs> let, let there be no question. <laughs> it's just dripping with creativity, and and like you all said, everything interacts with everything else to give you the sense of just this is a real lived in world this is not it's not like fictional drawings this is almost artistic depictions of real events because everything is just so interactive with everything else do you know what would have sold that a little bit more at least for me if it started in like live action and then cool world style she gets sucked (laughs) into the anime (laughs) No. <laughs> humbly no <laughs> i don't i don't like that <laughs> you're thinking of like space jam a new legacy right oh uh, cool world's better than that movie come on <laughs> i think anything is better than space. i will well, say anything. though there's th- one joke that did get me in space jam too was when uh wiley coyote is in mad max town and he has the sign up that just says witness me and then he crashes his car. I was like, hey, that one got me. <laughs> yeah, I, I got that epic reference for sure. <laughs> I've seen Mad Max. 
Um, yeah. Let me see. Uh, honestly, I think I've gotten to a lot that I like. Um, the, yeah. Uh, along with the art style, like the the horror elements of this, like how creepy Yubaba is and how, how gross a lot of the monsters are. I love that. Did you guys have a particular uh, creature or character in this that you really liked? Because I... I really like the uh, the little frog guy on the bridge from the beginning. I, I think he's awesome. That he gets trapped in that bubble and he's just kind of he's just kind of <laughs> rotating. You don't like the frog? I don't care for the frog now. Oh, I like the frog guy. You're a big No Face fan, right, Kyle? Legitimately, I probably am a big No Face fan. No, I love No Face. I love the design. Yeah. yeah, like for just like on look alone, I think that it's both. It's both creepy and like really friendly. Cute. Yeah, like yeah. it's so yeah. unsettling and cute. Yeah, it, it, but then it's like, if I just saw that myself, I would run away. <laughs> I would, I would not go close. <laughs> who, who is the Harry Dumpling guy? I'm having a hard time remembering him. He, he's like the gigantic fat guy that went into the elevator with her, in the big red hat. Oh, the turnip, the turnip spirit. Or the turnip. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Not a dumpling. Turnip. He's like a dumpling. No, he's turnips. They call no, him the turnips. Alex, you're thinking of Bow? The Disney Pixar animated short Bow? That's what you're thinking of. <laughs> Dang, you're right, Brendan. This whole time I've been thinking about. So, <laughs> oh, oh Chihiro the is the main character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, no, he's a that, dumpling uh, to me. That character from the video I watched, apparently that's apparently an icon in Japanese mythology. I don't know what he represents other than being cool, but... And turnips. <laughs> Why are we just skipping over the turnips? <laughs> I mean, I said the cool factor. I mean, come oh, on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was implied because turnips are so effing rad. <laughs> Alex, he's not even hairy. He's not even hairy. Where are you getting yeah. this to pick he, he has a mustache. He, he was a little furry. He he did seem a little furry. He had like a big no. mustache and big big long ears, right? It was all turnip. No, Kyle. No. You're thinking about Stop. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> I'm thinking about <laughs> I think my favorite character was Kamaji. He's just cool. He was so like I, I liked how at the beginning he was a little like disgruntled at Chihiro like oh we don't have room for you but then he kind of warmed up to her and was a little useful and and kind of became a little fatherly figure plus he's a cool design so I liked him a lot cool stuff yeah that's that's really it for me I just uh, yeah yeah, I definitely wanted to see what you guys liked as far as the character design different answers all around too so that's good I'm all I'm all spent. We talked about the beautiful music, the beautiful artistry, the characters, the ending. I mean, okay, here's the last thing that I'll say. If you had to live in either this fantasy world or the one from Pan's Labyrinth, which one would you pick? This one Bow. easy. <laughs> the one from Bow. The one from Bow. A- okay, there we go. Am I a monarch or some sort of royalty in Pan's Labyrinth? Because that um, sounds pretty sick. Sure. Yeah, we'll say that you're 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 like a like a little prince. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that because I don't want to do a bunch of chores all day. 
Yeah, but then you have to go to war with a bunch of revolutionaries. No, no, no. You're just in no, can, the can, fantasy can, world. You're not in yeah, I can, I can the real the world. Part. I'm not. I, I don't have a time machine. I can only open a portal to a fantasy world. I can't send them back to the Spanish Revolution. <laughs> I can spend my days doing labyrinths and uh, hanging out with a fawn. <laughs> <laughs> Or scrub uh, floors. I, and I wouldn't want to hang out with out that fawn. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hang out with that fawn. I feel like he'd be funny once you got used to him. You could really freak some people out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would take this world over. <laughs> Just me? Okay. This world's not dangerous. <laughs> I don't want to do chores. <laughs> Initially, I would want to do Spirited Away. But I feel like the your the capacity for you to get fucked with in like the spirited away world is so high that it's like I'd be constantly turned into like random shit all the time. And that would piss me off. Also, they were <laughs> awfully discriminatory against humans. Which yeah, we that are, too. Allegedly. So I mean I, I, I yeah, I would really hate to move to the bottom of the pack in terms of prejudice. That <laughs> would be really hard to get used to. <laughs> Was big change of pace what, for you, was huh? Lynn not a human? Was she no. just something else? Yeah, no, she's, like the the women all looked like kind of warped humans, and then the men were frog people, right? Yeah, but Lynn <laughs> Lynn didn't look warped. She looked like yeah. a regular old person. Yeah, she, yeah. The other women did. had like extra eyes on their forehead, but Lynn was normal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I take it human, as just, I, don't know. I took it as like it was played for comedy, how like she's like literally a human, but like she's not a human. She doesn't smell like a human or anything. I think it's kind of like, oh, wow, Chihiro's a human, but you're not going after Lynn. I don't know. I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. That was that was another, uh, I'll just, uh, a slight, I, 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 I like that character. I don't think we really got a lot there you know just kind of help shepherd the oh kyle uh so there's this like great thing that you can do if you type in her name and then rule 34 i knew it so many stories about her really it'll be like it'll be like the movie didn't end you're kidding me (laughs) i'll I'll have to i'll have to look that up it worked (laughs) perhaps (laughs) yeah you know what you should really show it off to all your all your uh like partners or whatever that you're with i don't know I, I, I <laughs> you can be like, wow, the internet is just so creative. I, I can't believe it. <laughs> we should put some of our stuff on this. Yeah, that's I right, feel inspired uh, to provide my own. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about the Kino Clash Rule Thirty Four that exists. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been adding to that exclusively. <laughs> Everything takes place neither in igloo or a best western. <laughs> I mean, doesn't it though? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm spent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Final well, Kyle, thoughts? you kicked it off. You want to start? Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't. I, I'm. I'm. I'm really not trying to be negative about this. Um, maybe a little because I really want to win. <laughs> um, but uh, 
<laughs> no, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that Ghibli movies probably just aren't going to be for me. Like, everyone has been a stupendous... You're gonna, <laughs> that you're going to get real negative for a second. <laughs> <laughs> a stupid <laughs> waste of my time. <laughs> no, I've, I've really enjoyed them all, but, like, yeah, they... I haven't thought about this much. I haven't thought about Mononoke much. Certainly haven't thought about Porco Rosso much. Um, like, they're just... They're a very good time while I'm watching them, but that's that's about it. Um, so, yeah, and I think it is just kind of that the, the I just feel very unsatisfied after them all the time. Um, that being said, I mean, again, it, you know, I don't know, perhaps a similar feeling to if I was going into an art museum. Would I be satisfied at the end? No, but it was pretty to look at while I was there. So, can't complain. Can't complain. You're, you go to an art museum looking for some some release. <laughs> Let out this tension! Because I'm the angriest man in Brooklyn! <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go next. Um, final thoughts on this one? I enjoyed it while I was watching it and after I did not think about it either. Cool. Nice. Succinct. <laughs> um, yeah. For, for me, I've kind of had similar takes to you both in the past, but after this viewing, it, it stuck with me a lot more. I've, I've thought about it quite a bit. And I think especially uh, taking the time to kind of look into the production of it and, the inspiration of a lot of the characters added a lot for me. I think this is one that is infinitely more important to uh, the Japanese than it is to us. I think it's just a culture shift. Um, I, I think that if we... I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a similar thing. Like, we don't really have mythology outside of cowboys and Indians kind of thing. So <laughs> Superheroes. Think... <laughs> yeah, superheroes. This, this would be like if we had a superhero animated movie i guess you mean big hero six <laughs> yeah yeah the, the spirit Into of the way the is the japanese's big hero six um, yeah no i i really love it though uh i love the the art direction and and music and sound design and pretty much everything about it it, it it's not one that fully connects with me um i feel like coming of age stories always have that kind of um personal touch where if you don't know exactly like what that feels like, then it's not like a perfect thing for you. But that said, I, I think this movie is really great. And Ryan never came of age. That's true. <laughs> he's, he's in a permanent state of arrested development. I'm 37 in a four-year-old's body, and uh, I'm loving life. I think the best way to describe what Ryan looks like is Bo from Spirited Away, the big baby monster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or rocks. like or like one of the it. one of the espers or whatever from akira you know like it like a baby but like in, <laughs> in like adult man clothes and very wrinkly <laughs> actually I, I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen this it's an alec baldwin flick from a few years back <laughs> called the boss baby um <laughs> no i don't like the yeah. boss 
The, the boss baby isn't nearly wrinkly enough. I, I look like one of those dogs. You know the kind I'm talking about. <laughs> like a Persian hairless cat, I think is the best description of your Yeah, face. yeah, yeah. If you like squish, squished up all the, the skin. In the... I look like a brain. <laughs> all said and done. That's probably a human brain. Mine's actually just a brain floating in a vat. He, uh, he abandoned That's what his we're getting corporeal at. flesh long ago. It, he quite also frankly, watches Rick and Morty, ladies. I'm, I'm, I'm pulsing with knowledge. I basically, um, mine excellence is, you know, un, unchallenged. <laughs> All right, Alex. You know, this is this is why this is why we lose people, Kyle. This is what they were talking. About. <laughs> we were talking about how wrinkly I am for like in a minute and a half at least. If not two. <laughs> to be you fair, know what? you started it. If you can't appreciate it. that, then I don't want you listening to this that's fucking true. podcast. That, that's true. And I am very wrinkly. Anyway, He's Alex. very wrinkly. <laughs> it's from all the sun he gets. Yeah. He's I a long-haul trucker. A day. He's on the road for 16 hours a day. Yeah, but he insists on having a convertible truck, which is like, Why? <laughs> Because it rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's particularly aggressive since he's an ice road trucker in Siberia. So, I mean, he's getting just constant wind burn there, also. There, yeah, there's no clouds out there. That's UV index of 14. <laughs> the light bounces directly off the ground because the snow yeah. is so shiny. I mean, it's a disgusting thing. To but he gets, those cool, he gets those cool snow blindless sunglasses. <laughs> that scene in Polar Express when they go over the ice, that's basically my life outside of Keep a Clash. <laughs> Except I'm a big jar with a brain in it on top of the train saying, right! Similar to Polar Left. Express, though, this, this giant brain jar also has a long beard that someone has to pull from Well, yeah, of course he does. He's a trucker. <laughs> and this big brain loves this movie. Anyway, anyway Alex, <laughs> should probably get off this train before it goes any further. Hey, Kyle, can you ask that person who gave us that feedback about this episode? <laughs> I will. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask her to listen to this one specifically. See. What well, they probably doing. they probably won't get to this point. Truth be told, <laughs> there's no way they won't get past the first five minutes of bicentennial, man. Hey, Kyle. Uh, uh, you know, since we know this, just go ahead and give their like full street address. Dox them completely. They'll never know. <laughs> you wanna you wanna go up against Kino Clash? The most powerful organization on <laughs> The number one podcast in Lithuania. <laughs> the number one search result on Rule 34. <laughs> you want to F with Slimer, a big brain, <laughs> Brendan and Alex from Kino the Clash? The two Robin Williamses? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> you got Jeez. another thing coming, asshole. Also, yeah, Pierce Brosnan loves our work, so yeah. <laughs> He endorsed us during the filming of the Amazon Prime video movie Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, but he, 
and then he he told the rock about us during the shooting for black adam uh but <laughs> but all the rock had to say in return was drink zoa so i don't know what was <laughs> we're looking Christ. to get them on as special guests here soon but you know and we're looking to get zoa as our sponsor <laughs> my opinion on spirited away you ask <laughs> Is that it is a great time to watch, but upon a rewatch, I think I would have swapped it out for Howl's Moving Castle uh, because it has nearly the same artistic beauty and perfection as this movie with very memorable characters, but I think the story and ending hit a little more than this movie. That's not to say, though, that this movie isn't... I, I, I don't agree with Kyle or Brendan. This movie does stick with me a lot. I do think about a lot of these just magical set pieces and character interactions. It, it, it is just a brain dump of imagination. And I wish I would have seen this movie as a kid because I feel like it would have been just a a life-changing experience. It really would have been one of those movies that like you just you get obsessed and addicted to. Um, I, I watched agree the movie with in that, high actually. I, I would have liked to have seen a lot of these Ghibli movies as a kid. And it's rare that I say that about movies. But yeah. Last time you said that was the original Top Gun. I, I said that and uh, A Clockwork Orange. I really <laughs> saw it. <laughs> now I'm just trying to think of like what your life would have ended up as if you watched Top Gun and Studio Ghibli movies as a kid and like some sort of like Japanese culture obsessed <laughs> Air Force <laughs> Lieutenant. Navy. Oh, whatever. Navy. <laughs> Well, uh, I enjoy katana around with me a lot. More. <laughs> <laughs> you would have studied the blade. Yeah. <laughs> um, I well, I enjoyed that discussion, and I'm looking forward to our next discussion on Christopher Nolan's classic magic movie, The Prestige, coming and up. And there, there is shortly. magic in this one. We can confirm it. <laughs> Here we go. Am I right? You guys know what that's from? Oh, yeah. It's from Spirit of the Way. Oh. It is? See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were doing like a, a song from the Prestige. All right. And welcome back, everyone, to the Bicentennial Man podcast. We will be talking about the Bicentennial Man and how it relates to Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. And most importantly, how much Billy Bob Thornton is in there. So, Kyle, why don't you start us <laughs> off? How much Billy Bob Thornton is in The Prestige? <laughs> so that's an interesting question when we get right down to it. Because physical Billy Bob Thornton, uh, there's 0%. There's not a single Billy Bob Thornton in this movie. You know, um, and you're so right about that, but I feel like David Bowie really does his best Billy Bob Thornton. When well, he's see, I was going to say spiritually anywhere in Colorado 
it feels like we're near Billy Bob Thornton. Exactly. So for, for that reason, I feel a little shaky going into this matchup. Because um, there obviously is the direct Ghibli tie to Billy Bob Thornton. But I don't know. We're going to have to see how the voters decide on that. Yeah, by the he, end doesn't, of the he doesn't stay in your mind when you're watching Spirited mm-hmm. Away, though. You know? But yeah. he kind of he creeps in. No, he creeps in. He creeps in. I, uh, yeah, you know, I should have, I should have catered this list a little better. Um, but you know what? We'll, we'll find out at the end here. So that being said, let's, let's get into it. 2006's The Prestige. Um, this is my number two seed. I, I really need this one. <laughs> I really need this one. <laughs> so. No, only the green mile for you. <laughs> that being said, let's uh, let's get into it. So our uh, our letterbox description is uh, tagline: Are you watching closely? A mysterious story of two magicians whose intense rivalry leads them on a lifelong battle for supremacy, full of obsession, deceit, and jealousy, with dangerous and deadly consequences. You know, I'm I'm on board with that. That's that's a good serial uh, back of serial box description. Yep. Yep. No, that's a that's a pretty good one. I would I'll take it outside of the intro. Are you watching closely? I don't need that. I don't need that, Nolan. I am watching closely. <laughs> Fuck you. So that being said, uh, I think we've all I think we're all well versed in this movie actually uh this should be a fun one i'm hoping we'll get at least five minutes to shit on our friend christian for what maybe hey we could have we he's like he's like 15 miles away from me we could have gotten him on if we wanted to uh it would have been fun that would have been fun to shit on him i think it's uh, better to explain his take for him so he can't defend himself that's true oh that's great that's That's what makes me feel powerful create a sort of a straw man (laughs) christian (laughs) yeah Maybe one of the worst movie takes that's ever existed. If I'm being completely honest with you, like, like it. We'll we'll get to it. We we should we start off? Should we start off before we get into initial thoughts? Or, no, we'll but, do initial but, thoughts first. Yeah, and, and before we get into it, obviously this is a given with our other episodes. But I feel like this movie kind of deserves it more than others. Probably the old boy also, but heavy, heavy spoilers. And uh, oh I would yeah, recommend that, that watching this call, movie. Yeah, it's got a lot is... of twists and turns. Yeah, this this one's pretty heavy. So. Unless you find yourself, um, I don't know, like when we when you hear us talk about our friend Christian, if you feel like that's someone that is similar to you, uh, then don't watch the movie first because you're gonna come away with some of the dumbest ideas. <laughs> and you know what? Don't listen to our podcast anymore. We actually don't want you in our audience. Don't associate with us. Don't tell your friends about us. We don't want your stench touching this gem that we create. <laughs> this is our walled garden <laughs> <laughs> and we have built high high walls my friends if if i may use an analogy we are <laughs> dom hall gleason in the peter rabbit franchise and christian is just not james corden in the peter rabbit franchise just james corden in general <laughs> just an insufferable individual that no one likes um so stay out of our car. I'm I'm watching our subscribers. They're 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 disappearing. They were all James <laughs> Corden fans. Kyle. No. <laughs> uh, but that being said, let's get into it. Let's let's Can get into initial thoughts. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it, baby. 
This is my, I think, fourth time watching this movie. Um, and by far, it's my favorite time watching this movie. I love this movie so much. Uh, I don't know what it is about it. The first time, I'll admit, I was thrown off by the ending. And then I remember the the next times I watched it, I... Okay, so spoilers. I forgot that uh, Christian Bale's character, Borden, Balden, Borden, uh, had a twin brother or that the, the guy was a twin brother. I just remember the twist of Hugh Jackman duplicating himself. But then in this viewing, I remembered everything. And I think this is the best rewatchable movie I think I've ever seen in terms of... I think I get more out of this movie on a rewatch than I do on the first time watching it with all the little the hints they give out throughout the movie on each twist. I think this movie is so clever. I think it's Christopher Nolan's cleverest movie. And I say that because I think he tries too much to be clever in a lot of his other movies. And I think this one comes off, comes off really naturally clever. Um, and he's not trying to overreach on anything it's definitely not definitely but one of his more focused movies and i think he blew it away with this the story is so intriguing it takes so many interesting twists and turns on a first watch i can't i i I will not believe you if you saw a lot of this coming uh everyone i think brought some of their best performances uh i mean scarlett johansson She's a given. She's just a chameleon well. actress. She can do. She can put on any race, any any character. So, no. But everyone else uh, any was race? was. What? Haven't you seen Ghost in the Shell? She, she was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and she no. That's such a damn shame too, because that movie is kind of sick as hell. It's just. It's just like <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson sucks so much in that movie, and there's so many bad parts to it, but then there's, like, three moments where you're like, why the fuck does this movie look this good? Like, there's a... <laughs> not to not to talk about Ghost in the Shell. There's a part where, like, someone's face goes, like, inside out, and they, like, did that practically, and I was like, that looks so cool. Yeah, I've only seen the anime. <laughs> I've only seen the trailers. Yeah. I've seen well, anyway, both. yeah. <laughs> A1 movie, and uh, I now rank it probably my top two, maybe top three, Christopher Christopher Nolan movies. Hell yes. Hell yes. All right. Oh, I might go go next because I. Okay. Take it. I'm going to take kind of the opposite take of that. Um, Not that I dislike this movie at all, I think it's great. But the more I watch it, the more broad the strokes seem. Um, it really just feels like you're watching an inside joke the more it goes on and there there's so many things that they add in that it becomes distracting for me rewatching it now it's just like it almost focuses more on being clever than telling a compelling story um, the the story itself is is great but I think it's mostly just a vessel for pulling one over the audience um, and it does it effectively I have never seen this movie not knowing the twist so the first time I watched it, I thought it was great, um, and I saw some of the setups. The second time I watched it was probably my favorite time um, because I had more of an understanding of what was going on and knew what to look for more. Third time, I liked it just about as much, pretty solidly put it like an all-time great movie for Chris Nolan, and then this time it's just 
now that I know, it's just it's it's not as interesting. Kind of like a magic trick. I mean, once you know, it's uh, the the magic's kind of gone. So that was my experience here. I think that it does a lot of great things outside of just the the plot twist, though, uh, which is why I still really connect to it. And I think it's a a great movie. Um, but for me, uh, I guess I don't want to talk about Memento, but. I think that's probably my favorite of Chris Nolan's, and that that one feels the most clever to me and uh, pairs best with the story. But this is uh, this is a close second as far as that category of his filmography goes. So great movie. It's just it doesn't really excite or impress me anymore. I guess. Um, so yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm seeing this now. It's coming across my screen right now. Ryan's 17, number 17 movie on his list was The Illusionist? Oh my god. <laughs> Damn it, Brendan, you stole my Illusionist joke. I think we all had an Illusionist joke in the pocket. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to make a formal motion to change this movie to, or to change the podcast now to, is this movie better than The Illusionist? Uh, I haven't Starring seen everybody's favorite Hulk. <laughs> I mean, I hey honestly, I, 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 it's not a good movie, but I like it. Norton, so. Um, <laughs> um, my thoughts on this movie is I this is my personal favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, as someone who has a contentious relationship with his other films, um. <laughs> This one I watched on I watched on recommendation from Kyle in like I couldn't high remember school. if you did, yeah. Yeah, he gave me his ratty ass old copy of it. <laughs> looked like he looked like he, he he gave it to his dog as a chew toy. I don't know what the hell happened to that case. But um popped it in it played. The disc was fine, I guess. Um But yeah, that first time watching it it was so engaging and 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 fun and i i really liked the story that they were telling about obsession and and things like that and then obviously uh uh sort of putting it in this you know huge metaphor for a ma of a magic trick i thought all that stuff was really fun the first time i watched it i've watched it many times since uh like three or four times on my own including this most recent time and then a couple times with other people um i have never not enjoyed it i i really love this movie if i if i'm not feeling the story or the um twist of the film uh then i am picking apart performances because i think that this is one of those movies where <sighs> outside of one <laughs> awful performance uh everyone else is like really going crazy here and I, like i love hugh jackman's performance i love that he is so easily able to shift between like likable and kind of scummy almost like a, a light switch where you're like oh i i can't i can't figure out where i stand with this guy and then i love um uh uh uh, uh what is the guy's name Christian Bale, Bale Michael Christian Bale. Bale. I kept wanting to Andy say Serkis. Christopher Nolan. And I was like, no, he's not in the movie. Uh, this is, he's not M. Night. He's not M. Night Shyamalan. He doesn't star in his own pictures. Um, but yeah, no. And, and and Christian Bale gives an equally like really fun kind of confusing performance in that like, you know, back and forth way. But then that ends up being like, once again, another like 
uh, a weird mirroring between the two characters is that they're they both have these like weird dual sides to themselves but one is two people and the other one is not <laughs> and i just love that i i like the music is also really fun um as kind of hokey as it is i think the final shot of the movie is really cool i love i that's like to me one of the top tier like smash to 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 black and title like i love that part so much even though it's like some some 2000s <laughs> ryan pull out the recorder <laughs> i don't remember the credit song i just know that it rips <laughs> it, it, it's fucking cool um and yeah would like not do it justice like yeah i every time uh, on that shot in the uh in the in the tank and then the music comes on with uh what's his face uh alfred's narration um michael yeah, king <laughs> well, who'd you say what was that <laughs> he said tangerine <laughs> um but yeah no i i this is my favorite nolan movie nothing that i've seen of of his has topped it for me not not Tenet, not any of the other movies on this list of movies that we have to watch, like Inception or... Spoilers! Um, it's on the... We posted the list! <laughs> no, no, I yeah. mean, you, you can't go into your thoughts on the movie already. We haven't watched it. He wasn't! Not, he was just saying he likes to talk about it. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm <laughs> listing the other movies that I like this more than. Um, and Alex, certainly... it's, it's public domain. You can find out what other movies Christopher Nolan has directed. <laughs> No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but and I certainly like this a lot more than uh, his Batman movies. So, uh, that being said, this was another fantastic watch, um, and I'm excited to talk about it. Fellas, I needed that. I really did. <laughs> But that. also, I was so confused because I was waiting for the magic to be real the entire time. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I'll do my takes, and then we can just absolutely body Christian for five. Minutes. Now, I feel like we should talk a little bit about the movie, so that way, like, okay, we can provide context for that. I think, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about as well. So. Okay, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So this is this is an interesting movie for me because this is kind of, V for Vendetta was my Elvis. It it got my love of movie watching it's what incited me uh and the prestige <laughs> was my... hold on i thought you were talking about the biopic that just came no. out I was like, what? <laughs> it's an interesting analogy shows but i'm, I'm here for it <laughs> yeah no no, no 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 the the actual artist not the baz lerman movie i'll be seeing soon um but uh what do you call it so yeah that viva vendetta got me into movies uh the prestige is what yeah, the Prestige is my Beatles. They're the ones who who per- perfected this for me, and I was like, "Oh, this is what a movie can be." Um, I have probably seen this movie, uh, not probably. I've seen this movie more than any other movie. Um, I don't even know how many times at this point. Like, I have seen it so much, I do not watch it the same the same way anyway kind of like how you were saying about tron brendan how you find new ways to watch it um like i forgot that angier cloning himself was a twist 
I I completely forgot that's a reveal at the end. And I was like, oh, hey, how about that? Not to, to, to expand on that a little more. Like, I forgot the movie hides that from you. I thought that was just known. Um, and like, truly, I just, I don't watch it the same anymore. Um, and that being said, I have a list here of new things I have caught for the 11th time I've watched this movie. <laughs> um, there is so much in this movie to just chew on, to dissect. Like Brendan was saying, if you're not feeling the story, you can just break apart the performances in which Jackman and Bale just absolutely crush it. Um, if you're not feeling the performances, you can really try and analyze and deep dive what the movie has to say about obsession and how that affects people. And, you know, to a deeper degree, obsessing over things like art, like this. Um, Boy, it's a great thing you clarified your take that you just hate obsessive musicians because I, I, this movie yeah, is no, 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 antithetical I, to your position. I was going to say, I really have learned I apparently love movies about obsession. Didn't notice this before we did this. I, but uh, I honestly think that the biggest like divider of that is as it gets further away from modern life, Kyle can relate to it more. But as people are given, like, modern amenities, he's like, fuck off and get a real job. What the fuck? <laughs> Why don't you, like, go play a video game or something, you fucking loser? Like, yeah, like, he looks at, he looks at, like, he looks at Lewin Davis and he's like, well, you could get a real job. Like, you don't have to be doing this. But then he looks at Hugh Jackman's character and goes... Hey, there's nothing for you out there. You better be good at this magic shit because it's all you got. <laughs> I mean, that might be it. Um, yeah, no, this I I I do. I I lo- this movie also very interestingly has always been my second favorite movie. Like, I still like it back in the olden days. I still liked V for Vendetta more than this. Now I still like nineteen. 19- all my movies have been shaken up, except this has stayed staunchly implanted at my second favorite movie. This is your Forrest Gump. Uh, on a, to a degree, I suppose. Um, Except you don't have the commitment that I do. <laughs> but, uh, I won't bump it to number one. Um, <laughs> and I won't bump Forrest Gump. <laughs> Gump Day's gonna be fun. Gump Day? Um, oh, shoot. How embarrassing. I wasn't on potting mode. That's alright. Yeah, I, I guess it didn't ruin the recording. Well, no, but in that way, Kyle, it's exactly like my Tron Legacy, where Tron Legacy is a movie I've seen more than any other movie, and I love probably more than any other movie, but it's not, I can't call it my favorite movie, because there does exist a, a movie that is better, that I love. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably seen Shark Tale more than any other movie, but I do not love that one, so. That's Where's because that? you don't have the courage, you don't have the temerity to add something like Shark Tale to your list of favorite movies. We all have a Shark Tale or yeah. two on our list. Yeah. You're yeah. the one going, ooh, let me put Pulp Fiction. Ooh, let me put this other... <laughs> I, I looked up 16 best movies ever made, and I made a list of them. I do connect to Shark Tale more than Pulp Fiction. I was lying to myself <laughs> and you guys. Um, but I and the audience. <laughs> audience, I love Shark Tale. Don't listen to me. But uh, this is all to say, 
this movie is very special to me. I'm really glad we're getting to watch it and discuss it. So, can I just say real quick right off the top? uh, It's so sad that Hugh Jackman's not in any other Christopher Nolan movies. I was just thinking that. I feel like Oppenheimer would be the next best thing because he's got every actor in that movie. Yeah, he and Jackman's just not in any of his other stuff, which is so sad because, like, I probably would have liked a lot of Christopher Nolan's other movies more if Hugh Jackman was in it. Well, God, Chris I Nolan saw movie. Reminiscence, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'll t- I had a uh, I had a Jackman double feature this week because I watched this and then I watched the HBO movie Bad Education, uh, which I don't know if anyone else has seen. Uh, I have not. It's pretty good, but I, like it, it reminded me when I because I hadn't watched a Jackman movie in a while. He's such a good actor. Like he is, he is an incredible actor. Why isn't he doing more? Because he likes to do theater. He's always. He does, I yeah. almost saw him in Broadway three days ago. Oh, did oh you really? God. Almost, but his tickets were too expensive. Ugh, that would have been cool. Um, all right. Well, I guess to kick off, Brendan, you, I think it was you, had a point of uh, Hugh Jackman's character kind of being light switch mode sometimes good sometimes bad i got that from both of the main characters and that's what i really liked is the kind of cat and mouse game that they're playing throughout the movie um and that like story wise that that pretty much is the story is their their conflict and their one-upness of each other and I, I thought that was really effective i i enjoyed their antics i enjoyed their uh plastered on beards and mustaches and and different disguises to try to figure out what they're doing, uh, what the other is doing, or to try to sabotage their trick. It was, it's just really funny. It's like, Tom, I, it's like Tom and Jerry on a much more grounded uh, platform. <laughs> like, like the first time I watched it, it was like, <gasps> but now every time I watch it, I just cackle at, cause it's always the same pan up to their face and they're making eye contact and they're <laughs> Which like, not did you tie? Gotcha, asshole. Crushes a bird. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so much fun every time they reveal that they've one up one or the other. Yeah. And, like, that duality, I think, is so important for the film and its themes because, like, you know, the entire time, you know, it sort of positions uh, Hugh Jackman's character as the protagonist. As sort of the wronged party who we're, we're following in their like quest to 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 find out if uh, Christian Bale killed his wife unintentionally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then once we get to the end of the movie, it's like, oh well, his like weird mood swings and like strange decisions and erraticness. You know, this was not a shared quality of them both. This was really Hugh Jackman like unfurling and spiraling out um versus christian bale's character who was actually like leading two different lives and 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 a lot of the erraticness of his behavior behavior was a result of that and i think that's so interesting because it's like yeah this this guy had complete dedication this guy was all over the place and then like cheated (laughs) it's just it's so fun (laughs) yeah Uh, some of my favorite parts um this time watching it were just how uh, differently, uh, Christian Bale's character behaved depending on who was uh, who who was acting in that moment. I guess. Um, oh yeah, just, it's so fun to try and pick out who's who, yeah, the, which uh, one is which. The the scene. That's what I'm saying this movie is so such a good rewatch. Yeah, 
the the scene when he's just blasted at dinner and his wife is like, "You're so drunk, <laughs> like <laughs> you should probably go home." He's like, "No," <laughs> it's it's really funny and it uh, it's also like it, it kind of turns the audience against that character. It's like, why why is this guy so you know? <laughs> inconsistent and it, it it adds to his character and then you find out it's two characters I, that just, was that was one good. of the things i picked up on rewatch was when he's sitting there and you're like which christian bale is it and he goes oh i've come up with a new trick i'm going to bury myself alive <laughs> and then dig myself out <laughs> and it's like yeah that guy's been having a pretty shitty day i kind of relate to what's going on but yeah you know you figure Again, just another hint at the, at the fact that there, yeah, there's two different people there. Um, I guess, I don't know, kind of tied into that idea is kind of the thing I found distracting on this viewing is how much of the dialogue is dedicated to this this plot twist that's coming up. I mean, I got to think it's like 80% of the lines are just setting that up. <laughs> there is yeah, a but, lot. Like, it, it's a tremendous I, Yeah, but I, I feel like everything pulls double duty. Like, That's what I was going to say. It After does. watching this movie, everything steers you so well in both directions. Uh, you can follow it along as the story of just like, oh, I'm obsessing over him and trying to steal his trick. Follow that thread. But you can also, obviously, with the hindsight, follow each conversation into, oh, they're obviously hiding his double identity and all this stuff. I think it it does such a good job of riding the middle and being able to cater to both sides. I don't think that... E- it uh, deterred from from like the main story. If this was, if you don't know the twist at all, I I don't know. I was so impressed no. by by everything of of having seen it multiple times. Kind of putting myself in the mindset of okay, let me forget about these twists, and then being convinced of the story it's telling. Yeah, yeah. and like I I think that also like the way that they portray and like characterize the two twins that Christian Bale plays. It's really effective because once you know that it's twins and that they're one person's in makeup when the other person's not, you understand that anytime you have the guy who didn't want the family in the driver's seat, like he's immediately embittered towards his situation. He's having to provide for this, you know, the, the, this wife and this child that he didn't necessarily want. And that this is all the only thing this is to him is a means to an end. You know, this is, furthering the you know alibi of there's not two people you know i don't have a brother i'm just the one guy uh and it's it's really interesting to go back and watch the movie knowing that because like yeah i mean anytime he's on screen he's immediately irritated by his wife (laughs) and you know and like i i think that's so interesting to to characterize you know the twins in that way because it originally it seems like someone who takes their life for granted um but then it becomes like no it's someone who got saddled with someone else's life because i don't know he i mean that's one thing that i wish they went into more detail about is like why how how do you lose that coin toss like what was the what was the thought process there as to why that that ended up being their life outside of just hiding the fact that they were twins better but i mean at the same time the, the twin gets to pursue a relationship with Scarlett Johansson. That's and true. it's perceived as an affair. Like Yeah, and they and they the, have their own lives for sure. It's just their their primary life is the trick. 
which I think is really interesting. And their secondary life is these people that they truly care about and yet can't put above, you know, their own interest and their, their own, um, you know, kind of continuance of this big illusion. And I mean, that's pretty directly addressed in Bale's final monologue when he's saying like, yeah, we were each living half a life and it was enough for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't enough for them because yeah, you're only getting half a human. Um, I really think, though, that what you were saying there, Brendan, speaks again just to how much there is to analyze in this movie. Because if you don't feel like analyzing the dialogue and the little hints, then you can analyze Bale's acting. And exactly like you were saying, like, oh, yeah, you can see this one is super irritated and he doesn't want to be here right now. um, And things of that sort. Uh, Which again, And he does such a good job of not portraying two extremes. He's the one that's more irritated at his wife and the one that's obviously more in love with his wife. They're closer in terms of like acting than you would think. I feel like a lesser actor would have really exaggerated the anger and the annoyance at his wife. And the other one would have exaggerated his enamorment for his wife. But you could see like he's playing this double life where he has to kind of, you know, portray himself as like, yes, I am in love with you. You are my wife in both characters. But then with a lot of little subtleties, you show, you see the cracks in it. Um, yeah, it convinces the audience that it's one person. Yeah, that it, yeah. It's, it looks like, oh, this is just a marriage. Like any other marriage, there are ups and downs. This is just a marriage work. story. <laughs> and they do a lot of, like, <laughs> kind of things uh, that they do as part of the trick that also fools the audience. So, like, the, the padding of the gloves. Like, once he gets his fingers cut off, uh, Scarlett Johansson notices she's like oh if he doesn't use a double they both have this glove that pads the fingers so it's just like oh well they don't use a double um, yeah and so that that kind of adds to the mystique and you never really understand how that trick works um, but at the same time you kind of write it off it's like yeah well that's possibility gone even though that's the, the actual trick which is really I think really cool I think the uh, the subtlety of Bale's performance as well really kind of complements Jackman's unsubtle because jackman is not a grounded character at all no he's like insane yeah (laughs) um my favorite part where it's embodied the most is when uh scarlett johansson gives him the diary and she goes it won't bring your wife back and he goes i don't care about my wife i care about his trick (laughs) (laughs) and then he like he snaps out of it for a minute he's like oh boy okay (laughs) thanks i need to go work on this um now would you guys say in my opinion, Hugh Jackman is the protagonist. He he's the yeah. the star of this show. Would you guys agree? I the the movie clearly sets him. I I think that the movie sets him up to be the protagonist. I don't think that there's any uh, necessarily like straight like line. Here's the hero protagonist of the story yeah. that we're following. But I think that Hugh Jackman is by and large the person we see the most of. I mean, uh, we Hugh Jackman see... is definitely the protagonist, but I don't think he's the good guy. I think the no, movie I, yeah, purposely no. puts Christian Bale as the good guy See, and just my, kind of pulls it right out. The artist, the true artist. Be, is I, I don't think Bale is the antagonist. They're, of this yeah, movie. they both have their issues. Yeah, he's the uh, deuteragonist. <clears throat> I, is that That's real? a thing. Is that a That's thing? That's a real thing. I've never heard of that. <laughs> look, somebody look up deuteragonist. <laughs> Learn today. Um. No, the, the reason I ask is because I, I feel like the the moments that aren't kind of pointing towards the conclusion 
um, are focused on Hugh Jackman kind of investigating. Um, and that's where those are some of the other issues I have with the movie. Um, it comes down to logistics in many cases. Um, I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys think the, the cloning thing is, Oh, I love that. Love I'm, that? Such, I, I I'm so. such a sucker for like Bioshock infinite ass like ooh, it's the 1920s but we can go through time and clone people i'm such a sucker for that i love that in this it's, movie so i much. just thought it was weird that they played so into the historical fiction so heavily on fiction and they tied in like sci-fi elements and the things that i were considering were like so first of all why wouldn't they clone just a shitload of gold that seems obvious <laughs> Well, because Tesla wanted to burn the machine, and Hugh Jackman was obsessed with just pulling off the trick. Yeah, Hugh Jackman was an insane person. There was was not a sane person there. Okay, Neither one of them had a motivation for that. My my second thing, how did he convince the clone to go into the machine every night? Because he shot the initial... No, because he says... Oh my god, Christian? Christian, did you snatch Ryan's body? What the hell? mind? So he I think says, it's an exact copy. Yeah, he, he's. It's not that it's a separate because he says. But if it's do an you exact... know what it's like going in there and not knowing if you're going to be the man in the box. But he's always yeah, the yeah. person taking a bow, and so if they had the exact same mind, then the clone would know that they're going to die when they go into that. Oh my god, yeah, they... Ryan, Ryan. Listen, no, oh, listen. so it's I'm not like it a shared mind. Ryan, Ryan, let me break it down for you. They get cloned in that moment. They are not already cloned. Well, so he, yeah, ste- so he, yeah, so he have... steps in the machine, and then the second the machine goes, the thing drops. That's Hugh yeah, Jackman so... walking in the machine going, I'm going to be in the next body. He second, Not... His mind is technically in both bodies, yeah, right? He because doesn't, it's the exact same mind. He doesn't think mind. about the fact that like, he, he doesn't realize that it's... Like, he's not uh, experiencing the drowning. Yeah, he, he doesn't know, realize exactly, that it's but, but it's he not, knows that's what's going to happen to the clone. No, 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 no. So he doesn't realize that it's copy and paste and not cut and paste. So he thinks, well, I'm just being dropped into the new the new body. Yeah. The old body dies. But, like he, no, because no, he shot doing. the clone. He shot his first well, no, but that's clone, what I mean. so he he's... would know that he has to kill each clone on each iteration following that. Well, yeah, and but he's like, like, but that's not me. And so then the clones would have that same knowledge. Well, yeah, but I think the uh, the thing is the the clone doesn't think they're a clone. Yeah, and that's why they're walking into it. Exactly, but that's what. So, like, but if they have the same mind, then he would know that he's a clone walking into it, about to die. No, but like, <laughs> see, this is where I think you're Hugh Jackman's doesn't think he's the man in the box ever. Like, he because he is never the man in the box. He has the knowledge that his clone is going to walk in and die every single night. He's always going to take that bow. That was set up. For yeah, the exa- movie. exactly. So that that's what I like. He's so not he scared he's... of dying because he's the one taking the bow, but he's not considering that he is also dying. Yeah, the only I, memory I took, he has is uh, of taking the bow. I take it as he's <laughs> okay. the real Hugh Jackman, quote unquote, is the one in the box. He's the one who doesn't get cloned and put into a different position and he so when when real hugh jackman gets into the tesla machine um the clone gets produced somewhere else yeah his original form gets killed yeah that's not but yeah no one's arguing that but you're saying the clone always dies technically the clone always lives it's the original one always dying no the yeah and so if the original one is the one dying and the real hugh jackman 
is the one taking the bow, then the one who's always going in and dying would have had, before he was cloned, would have had to have had his prior knowledge that he shoots I, the clone. <laughs> I think he knows that. I think the, he knows. So he's, he's like, yeah, I'm about to go into stuff. this and I'm both going to be somewhere else and I'm both, and I'm going to die. I'm, I'm, I know both of those outcomes are going to occur. So he's literally sacrificing himself knowing yeah. that an exact copy of himself for all intents and purposes, he is also going to live and, and see the audience uh, clap and cheer and all that. He knows that he's going to experience both of those things because neither one but of them thinks they're the original of the clone. Just, they okay, just I think just I'm... That's a I, lot of uh, assumptions. And that would also assume that they don't have the conversation of the real Hugh Jackman saying, hey, listen, you're going to have to kill yourself. Well, no, <laughs> but there, there never is an interaction. Yeah, they never interact with each other. They would have to. They get cloned no, in one no. dollars. No, because at first when he gets cloned, they have the interaction where he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and he shoots him. That's so the that's only like, time they ever Yeah, interact. that's the only, yeah, that's the only time they interact. That would have to happen again, though. Why? No. So, they, because you think guys about not, it like are this. Are you guys not seeing what he, I'm saying? I think, I think he we're He goes into the lines. machine. Here, one person at a time from now on. One person at a time. Brendan, floor is yours. Okay, so he goes into the machine knowing what the trick is, right? That he has to come into the balcony and bow. He goes into the machine knowing that. The clone is made and spawned like 40 feet away, knowing that he needs to go to the balcony and bow, and knowing that the original has already dropped in the water. And the reason he knows that is so because they don't it need is the to exact interact. same mind. Yeah, they don't need to interact at all. So, because it's just there, like there's, the hat, there's no conversation the hat, that needs to have happen. The top hat in Nikola Tesla's headquarters or whatever, it gets spawned somewhere else. So it's not like the hats both come out next to each other and then it gets moved somewhere else. No, the hat gets cloned into a different location the same way that yeah. Hugh Jackman is cloned into the back of the theater. Remember, that's why At they the thought same that they, the first yeah. one gets dropped. Yeah, they thought that machine wasn't working because of that reason. Okay. I think st- so th- that would... The only explanation for that would be that they got the science down exactly so he would get teleported up onto a balcony. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't Whereas have to before be Before tele- he got teleported like 15 away? 15 feet well, away. no, so he doesn't need to be on the balcony. He yeah, just for, needs for to be... the trick to be instant. Yeah, it does. Well, he could be like, I don't know, at, like 15 feet away from the stage and then just take a pulley up. No, okay, there's not time for a pulley. I, I take it that he was, yeah, he just was teleported to the back of the think, theater. I don't think it works. I think that... I, think I mean, that, that's... I think that the, the, the science is, guys, is but... loose enough in this film that you can go, I don't know, he ends up on the balcony. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, they, like, they cloned they're... 40 cats and they all spawn in the middle of the Cali- uh, the Colorado wilderness. Um, and yeah, that's it, just how and, it happens. And so if it's if it's loose, then I guess that's an issue I take with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, like I just it, it it seems like they put a lot of emphasis on the cloning, and I don't think it's a particularly strong element of the the story. And outside of but that, it's, loose. it's just it's just all set up for the twist. It's loose in the same way that Tesla says. You'd be surprised that exact sciences are not an exact science. I I don't think it's predictable where the the what happens during the cloning. I think he just kind of took a chance and and realized, oh, I guess when I use this machine in this theater. I end up over here, so let me design my trick around that so that I come out from over there and blah blah blah. I don't think they ever got that. Under well, control. no, actually, so this is this is a part I caught on this last time. Also, sorry, I was having tech difficulties. 
Um, so I didn't hear what people were saying, if I repeat. Um, but uh, he definitely knows how to calibrate it because he calibrates it way further away than it normally is. And that's because the, uh, the stage manager who books him says, you need to soup this up a little bit. You need to make it so they actually they think it's a trick. Oh, oh yeah. I took you that as the way they decorate it. You need to, you yeah, need to no, no, no. Up. It's definitely because I that was always a gripe of mine was that oh well, why does he teleport so far away? That makes it so much easier for people to say it's just a double. But that's the exact reason. It's because he's trying to get people to believe that it is a double. Also, well, also, and now that you bring that up, he's able to reduce the range of it when he's initially in the theater because the cats are spawned like very far away and then okay. he spawns the first clone like almost next to him yeah I, I i missed that line of dialogue i guess the only other thing i have with that is how they knew christian bale was going to be in the crowd that night and would it behave the same way he would so this is another because it's not this is another thing that i've picked up on recently uh thinking about it so number one he does it for a hundred nights now we're not clear that that's the final night by any means. Yeah, but that but specific I, night they had the tank under it. No, no, they have a tank they under have it every tank. night. That's what the ending is. You go into the room and it's like thirty tanks or a hundred tanks. Yeah. but I think every night the clone drowns, it, mm-hmm. and I think they're just waiting for the one show where Christian Bale, because they're they're kind of thinking this man's too smart. I know he's going to try to sabotage <laughs> my show, and they're designing I'm, for that one time. I thought Michael Caine said normally they open the thing and it's a trick lock. No, that's because at the very last scene you see. All the Hugh Jackmans that are dead in those, yeah, and, and that's and, and, what the that's what the blind stagehands are. Remember, because it's it's Fallon goes one okay. time. He says the only thing we know is there's a trap door and there's a they always move a crate out okay. every night. It just it seems like a convenient so. Well, yeah, and what's his face? And uh, then the reason uh, that Alfred's they're able lying. To, <laughs> I also don't know why. It just that seems like a big convenience for just the wait on Christian Bale to show up. Well, it doesn't. It didn't depend. On, they weren't yeah. doing it solely for that. But it's like it's like, oh well, shit. We can finally get him if this does happen. And then what happens is they fall in, and then it's silence, and you hear Christian Bale starting to scream, like, "Hey, it's the, where's the fucking key?" Yeah, so but he would have already present. He would uh, he would have already returned by that point. Not if I don't know because he always he he steps into the light each time. It's not. Yeah, well, you don't also, see him teleport there. Well, but also, like, if he knew that he was in the crowd, like, if he had, if he had spotted him or something, you know, like, I mean, they were then, always on each other's asses like that. Would have that knowledge, I guess. Yeah, his clone would have that knowledge and not okay. go out. Yeah, because like, I, I okay. think that's the big thing that I was trying to. It's they're really, they're both are. It's not like oh, I'm a clone. Everybody thinks they're the original Hugh Jackman, and and that might be hard to wrap your head around and that like well how why would you think that you're the original one even if you cannot deny the fact that you're a clone but remember this guy is insane and he's clearly an egomaniac i guess so like framing it with the idea that he would never sacrifice his original self because i got that sense knowing that that specific hugh jackman the first one always wanted to be the one taking the bow i just have a hard time believing he would but but remember what he says he says something absolutely unhinged which we brought up earlier like you never know if you're going to be the one in the box or the one taking the bow that's a crazy person line because he's always the one in the box 
Yeah, I think I think the idea is that again, Hugh Jackman, you're right. Yeah, he does care about himself, but it's also this idea of yeah, but you know, I'm still that's still me. Like yeah, I'm because a flip everybody okay. th- and it's not like the it's not like the clone that dies can argue with him. Yeah. Well, he and that's that's where I'm at cuz he he shot the first clone he ever saw. So I, I saw it as self-preservation as being his character wanting the 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 grandeur for himself exclusively not even wanting to share it with a clone is what i saw his character as so if if what you guys are saying is true i still don't even like that because he's sacrificing his primary character trait but that's that's what i'm that's what that's what i'm saying he's not to in his because to him but it's not like it's he couldn't see the clone and be like, "Oh, I'm the clone." You're, but it would be like the Spider-Man meme, and they both be pointing at each other and like, "I'm the real Hugh Jackman." Um, but yeah, no. But the 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 first one would always know he's approaching suicide, and I I don't see him doing that. If he does do that, which it seems like logistically that's the only solution, that just seems outside of his character that you saw for the rest of the movie. So I think he kills himself with the gun at that part, just out of pure base instinct fear. Yeah, I think yeah, it's just like, like, oh shit! Yeah, but then he has to willingly kill himself, then going on. And I think I, he I, does that because he's so okay. obsessed with this trip. Yeah, no, I I agree. It just seems like logistically that's the only way. It just seems okay. incorrect for his character to me. All right, I think I think we've found a, a middle ground at least. I think we're all on the yeah. same page. Um, no, the fact that they can tune where it goes, that does track. It just doesn't track for his character, in my mind. Um, it doesn't track with everything else we were shown of him to that point, and especially that he killed his clone. I thought that was implying that it was always him taking the bow, that he was always back beyond the stage, but that's clearly not what's happening. Yeah, so. no. Okay. Um, I think it just doesn't jive with me from a character level. I, I, I think his final monologue is what do, is what does it for me and what sells it, and that he's he's when because it's the that's also those two i don't know how much we've talked about at this point those two final monologues are both so equally powerful to me jackman's especially uh, and i think it hits on so many notes of what the movie's talking about but the you know when christian Bale, oh it's easy to steal another man's trick and he goes no it takes everything um you know and i think that's hugh jackman at the end accepting what he has done because it's also after yeah. Alfred told him... Because that, that's the other part. I think that's why they're doing a water trap each time. Is because Alfred told him... Alfred. Because Michael Caine <laughs> yeah, told him... Yeah, this sucks him. because Christian Bale's <laughs> name is Alfred in this movie. So we have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Michael Caine's character is called John Cutter. Um, and John tells him uh, at the very beginning when his wife drowns in the tank. He says, an old sailor yeah. told me it's like going home. And so I think Hugh Jackman's... Another rationale could be, oh, well, I'm doing this mercifully. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end, he realizes what he's done and he goes, oh, you have no clue what has actually happened here. Um, Talking about those final monologues to kind of digress a little bit. um, I really love, I think it encapsulates a lot of what the movie does. um, And these were things I picked up on this time. Um, and it, it, it really kind of hits on this duality of how stupid obsession is, but also how glorious it is. Um, because I never really paid attention to how stupid the tricks are. 
like at the end of the day. Um, and I think the bullet catch scene really encapsulates this more than anything when he's showing uh, Sarah. And, you know, at fir- first time I watched, I was like, oh, that's cool. How'd you do that? And then he shows and then Sarah says, you know, kind of as the audience, oh, well, it's really quite simple once you actually think about it and you know the answer. Um, and that kind of speaks to a lot of just, you know, they're obsessing over this truly so stupid thing. Like, it's magic. It's it's Job from Arrested Development magic that they're obsessing <laughs> and fighting over. Um, and that's... I've heard critiques of this movie that people don't like it because it is so silly that they're obsessing over that. Um, but on the other hand, I think that's where Jackman's final dialogue comes in. He talks about, oh, you you never understood why we were doing this. It was It was because for just a second, you could fool people into thinking this was real. And like when you saw that, that was that was better than anything on earth. Um, and I think that really speaks to just kind of obsession and like I think you can honestly relate that to a lot of film in general of like yeah, it's it's really kind of stupid to put this much time and effort into something like this, but then at the same time like hey, I'm having a nice time. I forget that I'm not watch in the prestige when I'm watching it. Um, you know, I I also take that that gunslinger is like ah, oh, it's, it's it's quite silly when you like know how it works. I almost feel like that's a call out to the to the repeat viewing audience, where it's just like yeah, yeah. Once you once you know it, it's a little silly, which is not the case here because I you get to pick up and appreciate more. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was cool. That was like a shout out. <laughs> And, no, I and they, I think the movie's quite self aware in that way. Yeah, of like what yeah, I think it's the only thing to it's say. not self aware about is how shitty of an actress, uh, uh, <laughs> what's her face is in this. Scarlett Johansson is in this movie. Like, God, I would have loved a lampshade on that performance or something. Just like, oh, are you pretending to be English? <laughs> it wasn't that bad. I I don't get the criticism. She was she did her job fine. She Everyone was, else. She was. She was compared fine. to everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Everyone else was but great. Like, she was just you fine. could have gotten a person, you could have gotten Cheers, a better buddy. act, better actress for that role that wasn't having to try as hard as Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, was but trying. did you see her breasts? Did you see how prominent they were? They say it. They say in the movie they are self-aware. Brendan, they say, yeah, she's not that good at her job, but there's nothing better than a pretty lady. Oh shit, you're so right. <laughs> god damn it you did it kyle you made this movie perfect to me i did that's it boys let's wrap it up let's wrap up kino clash let's get this unanimous vote in and call it a day yeah um no honestly like i like scarlett johansson in obvious i mean my favorite movie has her in it like i'm not gonna lie i like scarlett johansson and a lot of what she's in but whenever she's doing a movie like this where she's having to like play a very out of like type role for her like some something very far away from who she is oof yeah it's a bit rough she like leans too far into it and it just comes off as being very like facetious i've never not i mean she's not a character that sticks out to me i've never thought her performance was bad i thought it was 
what it needed to yeah, be. Yeah, I think it's par. Like, it, I, I do it, it kind it's fine. of, at times, it can great, but no, just compared the to what everybody... The accent is bad. Yeah, it's just compared <laughs> to what everybody else is doing that it's... Yeah. Well, yeah, oh. it's just the fact that, like, she has the hokiest sounding accent of the of the whole group, and it's like, well, why, why wouldn't you just... Yeah. Why wouldn't you just get anybody else? Before we do any other points, I did have a question. So the cipher for uh, Christian Bale's journal was Tesla. Yeah. Was there a reason for that? That, yeah, that think... was one of the questions I had. What? Why did Christian Bale point him in the direction of Tesla? Um, so they explain this when it's the twist of Bale's journal. Um, and he says, yeah, Angier, you sitting there in your hotel room, yada, yada. Which, God, I love those journal twists so much. They are. They are so but... much fun. Um, but so, so Tesla they, was nothing to, so to Christian they, Bale? So he says, my love has come up with a way for us to rid ourselves of you finally, Angier. Um, we're going to send you back to your American homeland okay. on this snipe hunt for the next that, two That's years. another thing is that the, the snipe hunt ends up being the perfect thing that Hugh Jackman needs to compete. Yeah. I thought that seemed a little He convenient. could have taken him back to America in a billion different ways, but he pointed him to Tesla. Like well, I think the entire idea is like is like making a trick that is that is believable, right? I mean that's the kind of the crux of the whole movie. And well you could have said anything, sure, in that letter to get him to go to America for two years. But by saying Tesla and by saying like this particular, you know, controversial scientist, um, you know, it's like, oh shit, maybe he did do something, and then yeah, but you could have said like, like Washington as the cipher. Yeah, but he <laughs> he needed something enough to. Yeah, he needed something needed incredible, to be precise. Also, so, yeah. So Tesla does twofold. It gets him uh, out, but it also gives him a concrete. Oh, it, this is this is how he's done the trick. This is because Christian Bale says I'm the only one who can do it, and then he also happens to have a solution to the trick. It just well, I think he yeah. doesn't have a solution. He <laughs> yeah, has to he, make yeah. a solution, and like I that's the idea. Solution. That's the idea, though, is that <laughs> I like that, that, that? I mean, that's kind <laughs> like of the, Christian, the yeah. Christian Bale stymies himself by this but, ruse, but because he goes because Tesla he, is a was a scientist, right? He deal he dealt with a lot of electricity. He pioneered actually, alternate current. I think current. he was a German. Anyway, he uh, <laughs> not, none of his work that he was known for or publicized or anything ever alluded to cloning, right? He could have sent what, what about in Christian Tesla Bale's coils? mind. What? What about what about Tesla coils? What about Tesla coils? Well, they shoot electricity. That's right. cloning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Cloning a current, no, but right? In, in, uh, <laughs> in Christian Bale's mind, he could have chosen uh, to him, Nikola Tesla is just Thomas Edison, but doing something different. Like, there's no, it, it's it's a really big convenience for him to have chosen Tesla and for Tesla to have a solution. Because if you're saying that he pointed pointed Hugh Jackman to Tesla to kind of keep him occupied for two years, that could have easily turned out a dud after a day when Tesla goes. Listen, man, I just make the lights turn on. I don't know what you want from me, right? Well, but also we see that Christian Bale has experience with Tesla because they're at that convention at first. So I think that's the other half of it is he knows Jackman. Look, it's all the more like what Brendan was saying, making the trick believable. Like Jackman knows that Bale has at least a link to Tesla. 
whereas anything else really would have been just truly out of the ether. Well, and also there is a level of like, I mean, Bale knows that uh, Jackman's character has a lot of money, knows that Tesla needs money because Tesla is ostracized from the, I mean, I mean, American and scientific oh, communities. Brendan, sorry, before you go on, if Tesla needed, if Tesla needed money, he would have cloned gold. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He yeah, didn't he have never, it. Yeah, he didn't think to make a cloning machine. He didn't think to make a cloning so, machine. So that's yeah, my so point. So he didn't have What that. did Christian Bale think he was accomplishing by sending Hugh Jackman a Tesla? What did he think would keep Hugh Jackman occupied for two years? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly guessing, like, the, and this is my reading of it, is that Tesla would have been desperate enough to accept the money. And to try and create some sort of device that cloned him. And Christian Bale's character was thinking... But that... Was thinking, the, the well, even, that's impossible. I'll, I'll, well, no, I'll even I'll even go yeah. one step further. That I think Christian Bale thought Tesla would just deny him this, and then that Jackman, because that's what happens at first. I Tesla, buy that. Yeah, and then I think Christian Bale would think, well, Jackman would just be beating down his door constantly and being like, "No, you've made this before. You have to make this for me." Yeah. So also, he, did he, he sent him there are, for one reason, and then he happened to have the solution to his problem? Yeah, well, I, I think that's. I don't like that. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I would, I would make an argument there that that is also every time one of them tries to stymie the other, it only ends up biting them in the ass even more. I just think this is the only way they could have tied up the story, and they're like, "Hmm, how do we do this?" It, it, it's distracting to me. I, I don't think it adds up. From a storytelling perspective, it just—it's too I, big of a coincidence, really. I, I love everything to do with Nicholas Tesla in this movie, and I love the cloning machine and all that. I think it's super cool and super interesting. My only problem is connecting Christian Bale's motivation to pushing Hugh Jackman over to Tesla. I don't understand the motivation in that. But if you're saying it's to kind of like, because again, Christian Bale has no idea that Tesla's capable of creating a cloning machine. Yeah, no, he thinks he isn't. He thinks he's. Just, oh, just some scientist and Jackman's going to buy this. Who just, yeah, who just turns on lights, right? Yeah. And so I don't understand Christian Bale's motivation there. But also, a follow-up question. Who is the quote-unquote magician who Nikola Tesla built the machine for before? No one. Or, or what? But who says, who? So what happens is, and I, uh, the, what happens is, Bale sends Jackman over to Tesla because he wants to get rid of him for two years. Right. Knowing that Tesla has never made him a machine like this. Right. Jackman thinks Tesla has made Bale some sort of teleportation machine. Not so cloning's not even no one is expecting or anticipating cloning the entire time. Right. Uh, and it, it just it just happens. No, but well, then <laughs> Hugh Jackman brings up Well, you built this machine for this other magi- yeah, uh, magician. He thinks, he thinks he built it for Bale. Why doesn't Tesla say, I didn't build any such machine? Well, Andy Serkis is the one he has that conversation with, which I want to talk about Andy Serkis' performance anyhow, because I think he's adorable and I love him. He's um, always got a little slight cute smile going on. It's a little, little gremlin. I can't, I can't believe we got two Alfreds in this movie. That's we got two Alfreds! You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and he says to Andy Serkis, he says, you led me to believe that you'd built this machine before. And Andy Serkis goes, well, no, I never said that, though. Um, you know, and so it was, uh, we needed your money, so we needed to give this a go. 
but also but at some point towards the end of him completing the cloning machine he he confronts tesla and is telling him like you've wasted my money yeah i'm pretty sure he brings up the previous the quote-unquote previous machine he built he says no yeah he says to tesla you told me you built this for someone else yeah and andy circus goes no we never told you yeah, I'm okay, pretty sure that's a that scene. Line. Well, that's a scene where like Tesla, I mean, almost entirely fesses up to the jig. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, he's like, well, hey, he's, I'm so, I'm sorry. <laughs> he says like, well, I. He says to him, hey, sorry, this isn't working, but I promise you, we haven't just been taking your money. I actually am trying to do this. Um, but he also says like, yeah, I've never done this before. Yeah. Yeah. Which. I mean, also something I think about every time I, I watch this movie as well is that um, David Bowie. I don't know if this was ever confirmed, but it was rumored that he was supposed to play Jared Leto's role in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Every time I watch this movie, I go, "Fuck, that would have been better. <laughs> that would have been, really cool. <laughs> been so much better." <laughs> Bowie is Bowie is such a cool casting for that role. Just oh my god, I love him. Uh, I guess Christopher Nolan loves to whitewash his characters, huh? Nikola Tesla is just not a white man, and they could have easily. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. I've only seen black and white photos. He's uh. Kyle only sees I... black and white. Yeah, why you look so... at? I guess that's the big takeaway for the movie for me is the things that aren't setting up the twist kind of fall apart for me uh, on this viewing. I just don't think the story is that strong. I think it needs a lot of coincidence and excuses to, to make the final payoffs work. I would not to say that I don't like them, but it's just, I don't think story-wise it's that strong. It's mostly, mostly about setting up that, that payoff. It's like they came up with that first and they had to write things around it. I think for me, it's not... Like, the fact that we can sit here and have this conversation and, like, me and Brendan can be on one side, you know, and we can give answers, at least, that are satisfying to us but might not be satisfying to you, that's kind of where I sit down on it. Like, well, I can answer your question, you know, and if you're not willing to accept that, then so be it. It's also not, it's not really an answer if it doesn't answer the issues well, we have. That's what, I feel well, like no, that's that's it answers it, it to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely I, satisfied. I, I feel okay. like he answered it completely, but obviously <laughs> there is the there is the major elephant in the room where you go, I mean, they don't, like, they don't really explain how this fucked up cloning machine even I, works I think or how it's possible. I don't like that. I really don't. I, well, see, but that's, I don't that's care. the thing. I don't think there's any explanation we could give you then. Right? And I don't yeah, right. want an explanation for the cloning machine. Like, Nikola Tesla's work was always mysterious, so I buy, oh, yeah. he And he was a genius, right? A, a genius who was tortured by Thomas Edison. And so the thing is, like, we, we missed out on so much, on so many breakthroughs if it wasn't for Edison messing with him. So I buy that, oh, yeah, Tesla could have invented a cloning machine, but it died with him. Whatever. I, I buy that fa- fantasy element of it. 
Is is your problem, Ryan, that you don't like that the goal was a teleportation machine and it somehow becomes a no, cloning machine? It's the impossibility of either. Oh, well, get over yourself. What the fuck? See, that's what I mean, Ryan. Movie. Ryan, I think that I think at that point you gotta just go watch a PBS documentary <laughs> about magic back yeah. in time. I, I'm just saying. And then you can sit there eating your popped corn or whatever you like. <laughs> popped corn. No, I, I, I really feel like they had this idea of a magic trick using twins, and that's it. And they had to scaffold around that idea. Well, here, the, this is also based off a book. The base idea. Short story. A short story. So how much of that is inspired? I have no Do you know? I don't know. I don't read. <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah, I, I, I I'm a know. Gen Z baby, Alex. I don't read shit. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, I again for me, I, I I think it's cool as shit, and I think it lends itself to what the story is trying to say at the end. So. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that. I think that 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 like every story that has any kind of fantastical or, or heavily science fiction elements has like a kind of a a buy-in, you know, where yeah. you're either in or you're out. I... Uh, and yeah, some movies have a have an easier pill to swallow in that way, and some movies don't. And you know, there are movies that I would be as, and I think I have been in the past, as stick in the mud about. Uh, with regards to that buy-in, like, well, I just can't buy into that. I yeah, just like for me, it was two thousand one, and like trying to peddle this like evolution idea. And yeah, like, <laughs> well, that that like what? How am I supposed but, to believe like, that? I think that ultimately that is just the that's that's the rub when it comes to fantasy or science fiction, and that like yeah, I mean, if you don't buy into that one thing, kind of fucks the movie up a little bit for you, uh, and hopefully you can appreciate the other things going on in it. And there's honestly nothing that could be said or explained that would justify it to you without, like, a complete rewriting yeah. of the script. But, like, I mean, because, like, to me, that's how so many people feel about, like, Godzilla. But it's like, I fucking love Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, yeah, I, I, it's kind of stupid. <laughs> it's just, I, I think, because you think of another movie with a heavy reliance on the, the excitement of the movie being a twist like The Sixth Sense. I feel like that one has so much more character interaction outside of the twist. And the twist is almost just a cherry on top. Whereas this, it's a bowl full of cherries with a little bit of whipped cream. Uh, I'm not going to That's an insane... That. I, 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 not I have all. to disagree not, with you it's definitely not so insane. strongly. As someone no. who does not really like the Sixth Sense all too much. Yeah, also same. But no, I mean, like... I So, I think you said that you had the... I watched this as well, knowing the big twist that it's a twin at the end. Um, before I ever even had seen the movie through and through, uh, and I still fell in love with it to this degree because I think there is so much to latch onto outside of the twist. Um, yeah, but within that, it's all about the twist still. No, it's not. No, all not the, at all. No. I, I already. Okay, I already said it's like eighty percent of the dialogue is leading. The, the twist, twist is a means to portray this obsession and how it's yeah. a parasite I, on his I, life. I, I think it's the opposite. I think the twist is a means. I think to the story, no. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I agree with Ryan. I agree with Ryan that they came up with this twist and they wrote the whole movie around it. But I think that's a good thing because <laughs> everything exists in that way. 
like I would prefer someone having a good idea and then writing a movie around their good idea than putting shit to paper and filming it and going, oh, I, guess, I, I hope the good idea comes out in the filming process. This is like, like I like this style of movie. I like having like a, an idea that then gets turned into something better than the original idea. And I think that, like I said, everything pulls double duty. I think you could yeah. cut out the twist and you still get a compelling enough narrative. Um, but I think that the twist really just yeah. gets you. And, and that's where I'm at. It's compelling enough. You know, I, I just don't think it's high art outside of the twist. I really I, don't. I, I, see, for me, I think also, because I've, I've made this argument before during Old Boy, um, but I can't stand twists that do come out of the blue. And that, that, no that movie didn't. It, I mean, I, I like because for I I think it's fairly easy to come up with a twist at the end of the day. Like you again, hey J.K. Rowling can do it. Oh my God, there was a head on the back of this guy with a turban. What a twist! <laughs> That's and not it's like, vaguely <laughs> racist at all. <laughs> but like, what what what's the reward? What did I get out of this? All right, there's a. He wow, gets you, hurt by the love you, touch, okay? Yeah. If you touch him with love in your heart, he, he dies. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I'm always going to prefer a, you have breadcrumbed me, and I can, it's like, oh, yeah, this served the movie. This wasn't just a, gotcha! This was, oh, yeah, this was the movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's a gotcha, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's like... If instead of a trail of breadcrumbs, it's a, it's a big long baguette <laughs> <laughs> that, that runs the entire time, and it's it, it's tiresome for me. And like like I said, I still think this movie is great. I've been by far the most negative on it, but I, I do love this movie. It's would, just distracting at this point. Would it have been better for you if Christian Bale had cloned himself, no. and then? And then that was the twist. It would have been better that if, they, was, if, if that it was a clone the whole that's, time of Christian. Hey, that's Bay. such a I great that's such a great transition into uh, a little segment, and we'll do like a whole musical stinger right here for uh, Christian's terrible takes. Put the Curb Your Enthusiasm song during this. Oh, I'll do a be... midi of it. Um, yeah. Because um, that's Christian Reducted. take on this movie. For uh, well, I'm uh, not. We're not doxing him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, it slipped off the tongue. Um, this, yeah, that's Christian's take. Is that well, the movie would have been better if that Christian Bale did clone himself with Tesla, and that's how it all happened. Uh, I think that would have made more sense as far as the no, it wouldn't left, have. But... No, 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 no. I'm not saying I agree with Oh, that. my God, does Ryan agree with <laughs> no. Christian's take? I'm just saying as far as the cipher, that would make more sense, but that is literally... Okay, yeah, weird. my biggest problem still is the cipher. I don't I don't understand why Christian Bale pushed him in the direction of Tesla, but yeah, that so doesn't it, make any sense. It, it would be a that, worse movie if Christian well, Bale Well, no, no, it makes sense because Hugh Jackman clones himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Christian Bale did too, you know? And that totally doesn't undercut the entire themes of obsession and futility. That's what I was going to say. At that point, he's just directly copying the trick, and you've lost the entire theme of the movie. It's no longer, I'm one-upping yeah. you, it's I want to oh. be you. 
Oh, really? Imagine, That's being, how, yeah. imagine it being 2 o'clock in the morning and you're arguing with two people about this. As two people are insisting, no, that's not, a, that's his real brother. <laughs> that's not a clone. <laughs> and then going, no, well, even if it's not, it should be. Unhinged. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just, just one of the worst takes. I, oh, well, what if, what if you just got rid of the entire theme of the movie? Wouldn't <laughs> that be cool? a different cool? movie. <laughs> What if it was, like, a fucked up, like, Kyle XY-ass, like, clone uh, adventure? Oh, no. Kyle XY. Who (laughs) remembers Kyle XY? Me! All I remember is he didn't have a belly button. I remember him not having a belly button, and then there was an episode where he was in the pool, and then he drowned because he didn't know how to swim, and the lifeguard (laughs) saved him, but it was a hot chick, and he got a boner, and he was like, what is this in my clone body? It's exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. We do. <laughs> um, uh, we've been see. going a while now. Does anybody have any other threads? I think I just have a few more that I wanted to touch on. Um, number one, I might have caught this in the past, but just have never given it the full attention. Uh, but this time I certainly did. I'd never really noticed in the final argument between Sarah and Christian Bale that Sarah is saying, I know you're two people. Yeah, I noticed that on this view, yeah. and never before. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was... Because re- it, it's even uh, talked about further when uh, Scarlett Johansson's like, yeah, Sarah was Sarah was knocking on my door telling me she had to tell me something important, you know. Uh, but I, I was too afraid. I'd, n- I'd never noticed before that. Uh, and I don't think to it's be honest, confirmed, but... No, I, I, I think, think I prefer her heavy. not knowing. Scarlet or the wife uh, Sarah, Rebecca Hall. Sarah, I think I prefer her Robert not knowing because it kind of makes her death. It kind of it, it makes those the Christian Bale characters. It's it's almost more tragic for them that they drove her to suicide and her not have known the truth. Oh, I think it's way sadder that she knows the truth and I agree. drove her that, to suicide. I think like that... the idea that like she figured out like. The bullshit that they were pulling over her uh, uh, with regards to their double life and how she every bad memory that she had is a result of this like yeah shitty guy. The fact that she probably has slept with this guy that she's you know maybe like, even a- I, like I that that's it, fucked. That's like so imagine it, it's one of, it's it's truly like one of those deepest recessed fears like. What if you learned that everyone in your life was a paid actor? Like, yeah. I would kill myself. I mean, there's okay. nothing. Like, I and, I and no one would believe you. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you couldn't relate to anyone about that. And you, like, you would <laughs> imagine if you lived in a town that was just one gigantic movie set. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going with this. Right? This is the Truman Show podcast. <laughs> oh, oh my favorite white bear. <laughs> Right there. Um, Black Mirror. From uh, oh. for Black Mirror, right? Oh, ew, ew. Get that out of here. Ugh. Oh, wow. so filthy, to, filthy reference. It's Ugh, like a stinky. reflection. Get that, uh, get that away get from it? here. When the TV's off, it looks like a reflection. You get it? It's <laughs> like a Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quickly clarify, I, I do like 
her knowing and driving her to suicide like i i i buy that but i think i just would have liked a little more if she hadn't known. to me it feels a little more tragic but i think that's fair with, yeah. with what we got i i buy it too and i think it is equal it's close to just as sad we'll, we'll see how you feel uh after we reveal that your girlfriend has actually been uh, a quintuplet that we please been please i i don't need that in my brain right now <laughs> i was uh, like that sounds kind of cool sounds <laughs> kind of hot right like when you get down to it what's my body count at this point <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying if there were a couple of babe twins uh this movie rocks <laughs> not sad at all <laughs> Um, one of the other things i want to touch on this is a small one uh hugh jackman's root makeup is so uncanny valley frustrating because i look at it and i both go that is hugh jackman and that is not hugh jackman oh it's perfect it's amazing it is it is huh the drunk guy yeah oh yeah I, his name is Root? Yeah, I think his name is Root. Oh. Uh, yeah. Hey, no, for it, real, it, I it, thought you said Groot, and I was like, I don't remember that. You don't remember when they said, I am Groot 33 times? <laughs> yeah, but it's more endearing each time, because you learn the character. They're like, yeah, this guy's perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's also a six foot seven tree man. <laughs> Al- Alfred, or, uh, uh, oh, Michael Caine's just like, he's perfect. I found the perfect double for you. <laughs> Groot, why don't you get out of those clothes, Groot? And it's just a tree in Hugh Jackman's clothes. Um, no, like, I, I truly, it is some of the best makeup I have ever seen. Because I fully believe that that is a double who looks very like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. And I also believe that that's Hugh Jackman in a little bit of makeup. And I do not know which it is. And I don't want to. Know. It's definitely huge, <laughs> but no, I I really like that effect. That's one of the great, you know, practical effects I think of this movie. It's just it's just his teeth, right? <laughs> I think his nose too. Yeah. But no, I, I I love that part of the movie. I love that part of the movie too. Yeah, that's when, and that that reveal when uh, Bale has gotten him. And, and it's ties uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, just the showman of the year. Like, oh, there's too much magic at the Pantages <laughs> yeah. across the street. Um, so that's like that's part of the story. I, I feel like holds up a lot better than the cloning for me. That's the that's the kind of the rivalry. Yeah, that's the, that kind of shenanigans and mischievous <laughs> endeavor is. I I really like that part of the. So it's when it got into the sci-fi and away from that that it kind of lost me. I guess is the ultimate takeaway for me. But no, that 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 double that's so good. <laughs> He's it's always just, just so off his yeah. ass drunk. <laughs> no. Very funny. And the way the way Christian Bale, it's like I had a double, and I learned he had complete control over me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like that a lot. Yeah. No, and I mean again, that just speaks to Hugh Jackman's acting because again. Those are two different people in this movie. Like, they are two completely yeah. different people. Uh, I like that. <laughs> he does his little shrug when he misses that. It's good stuff. Uh, I think the only last thing I want to touch on is the sound of the cloning machine. Uh, this might be because I've watched this movie so much, but it is permanently ingrained in my head. 
to me i was just like hey this is like the sorcerer's apprentice can you play a one republic song off this tesla coil already please (laughs) i wish i knew that one on recorder oh that would (laughs) no i didn't notice that i guess i guess one thing not to do another negative but they definitely use the stock uh, sound effect for the cat Oh <laughs> my god, I was gonna say like, they just rear, rear. six it's a, cats. It's it's cat like a, sound number two, eight, and nineteen that they replayed. It sounded like an animated Halloween special. Oh, so uh, cat I'll I'll throw one one negative. My only negative about this movie the, that I, I don't Cat number two. No, not cat got number MP3. two. The fact that they didn't find all those hats. Like, I don't know no, how it, long they were shooting sparks at it, but but if you can solve so this for me, please do, because it, it frustrates me. The only reason he found it is because he heard the two cats fighting each other. And yeah, but it's on it, the it premises. Was, <laughs> but it was pretty far away. Like It's I not. He walks sense. out the door, and then Hugh Jackman hears the cats fighting, and he looks over. He hears the cats fighting, but then like you see him walking, and then the next shot is in the camera's facing him in the direction that he was just walking from, and you don't see the building behind him. I, I took it as he had to walk a bit of a distance to find it. Okay. It kind of uh, in a little ditch. All right, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. it. I I'll thought there were just yet. way too many hats that they couldn't be bothered to pick them all up. <laughs> it would have taken like at least three They trips. were like, who keeps throwing these fucking hats across no, our no, Edison! Like, I, anyway, let's go back you. to our hat cloning machine. <laughs> I, I assumed that they knew, and they just didn't, they couldn't be bothered because there were so many. Uh, like, legitimately. Oh yeah, no, no, no. They didn't. They okay. didn't know it was cloning, at all. They didn't. No. Any no. circus. No, they thought that's they why no they idea. kept on saying it was failing because the cat and the hat. <laughs> what? <laughs> what just happened? Oh my god! Oh my god! It's it's Ryan's eighteenth pick. <laughs> Let's start the Doctor Seuss podcast. Do you think that's how? Dr. Seuss came up with the idea. He's just talking to his wife, and that sentence comes up naturally, and he's like, oh my god. Oh my god. I think I have an idea. (laughs) I've just seen God, Dorothy! Mr. Krabs, I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Proceeds to write the cat in the head. His wife spills a little bit of green dye in his eggs. Oh my god. <laughs> what of the ham, Dorothy? What of the ham? <laughs> it's green too, my love. <laughs> He's at first <laughs> guilt ridden and distraught. Dorothy, how many fish are in this bowl? And why the fuck are they red and blue? <laughs> Let me count, my love. One fish, two fish. <laughs> Let us look Dorothy, at the colors. Dorothy, why do you speak like this? <laughs> oh my god, I'm fucking dying. Dear uh. oh. me, in the garden, the fox, <laughs> he stole our wind socks. <laughs> <laughs> Lorax was based on real events. He chopped down a tree and a little mythical man came down named Lorax. Other than that, it was all Dorothy. 
Um, actually, he invented the need, and it failed horribly. So he wrote this, he wrote this whole story about it. To try try, to yeah, the, the need was actually just a hula hoop that he was, uh, and he kept saying it was for the kids. It's kind of like Pepto Bismol and Jack and Jill. It's just oh. just trying to build stock somewhere with that piece of garbage. Uh. Anyway, what I was saying was, yeah, they, they thought the cat and or the hat was teleporting, but it was staying still. <laughs> Anyways, this has been our three-minute Dr. Seuss tangent. Um, yep. Uh, stay tuned for next To that person who hates our long jokes, fuck hope you. you. Hope you like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> fuck <Spurs>. you! <laughs> uh, again, they haven't gotten this far, but... <laughs> if they did, they're in for a treat. All right. Yep. We are definitely far in. Yes, no, no. I think we're. This is good, though. I'm glad we talked. I I don't. I'm glad we talked as much we did on this. Like I said, I think there's enough in this movie that warrants genuine discussion. Yeah. I I think even the things that I'm still not sold on, I at least see your guys' point. Yeah, there certainly is discussion to be had about them. Hundred percent. The movie gives you enough of this world to be able to come up with your own explanations for it. Yeah. Um, I guess that being said, let's get into, uh, let's get into final thoughts. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. Um, I freaking love this movie so much and this discussion and this rewatch just solidifies it for me as one of Christopher Nolan's best. I think it might be, I, I love Memento. I think it is his most well-made movie, the most focused, but I think this is his best movie honestly um and i obviously love inception or stellar i like them better but this is this is probably his best movie in terms of creativity uniqueness cleverness audience attraction i think it's very accessible um yeah no and we 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 talk so much about this movie but it really is just it's such a such a cool such a clever movie um i i I honestly want to rewatch it soon and kind of show my show as many people as I can this movie because I, I love talking about it. There's so much to talk about and I love talking to people who don't agree with some of the stuff I think about this movie besides Christian. Um, I think it's, it's, it's so fun to kind of convince other people and to hear other people's perspective perspectives on this movie. So it's just a fun movie to watch and a fun movie to talk about and think about. And very nice for me. I, I think Honestly, yeah, a lot of my critiques, while I do feel somewhat sound in them, you guys gave me enough. Don't say sound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fellas, we can't do this again. Hey, this is actually a good time for an ad break. Uh, we just got a brand new sponsor. Uh, <laughs> Adam and Eve. <laughs> Sounding. Use, use, use code Kino Clash Sound to get a free gift at the end of your order (laughs) Um, but no like the the things that i had gripes with i think you guys explained enough that i can i i'm definitely willing to like look past them i would say at the very least i still don't think it all jives with me i still think it's largely built on this twist and and for me since you know watching it going forward i know what happens so the, the magic is kind of gone and i think that's also part of the point of the movie maybe i don't know but it nonetheless it is it's such a great movie it's such a unique story and there's really not a lot of movies that do something like this and and put 
something that is meant to fool you so in your face and then just like dump it on you at the very end. I, I think it's great. Um, I've watched this with a lot of different people, uh, people who have seen it, people who haven't. Like I said, I've never had the luxury of watching this, um, not knowing anything. Um, so that's something I'll miss out on for sure. But it, it's fun to see other people kind of get that surprise laid on. Hey, movie, maybe so. you'll get amnesia one day. Maybe I will. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll. And then uh, we'll, we'll show you this movie. <laughs> maybe I'll need to tattoo like prestige on my yeah. thigh, and then uh, <laughs> I'll wake up and say, "Hmm." Ryan, when you say you've never had the luxury of not knowing the ending, so you, were you spoiled before you watched it for the first time? Yeah, I, I, I've always known the the twin twist since he was since born. born. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, before I no omnipresent Ryan. That was the first bit of information before he was that cloned. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, once he took his brain out of his body and put it in that <laughs> tube, he really got uh, like a sneak peek into all movies. <laughs> Um, and all time and everything. I was going to say, all reality, all other reality. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, multi- you're so wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, good movie. Um, enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll pretty much uh, uh, say the same thing. I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, nothing about this discussion has changed. <laughs> the fact that I enjoy this movie a lot uh and that this i mean i guess we'll find out if rewatches of the other nolan movies that are on this list uh change my ranking of his films but this is still firmly at the top uh and i think for all of the reasons that were already discussed but i think this is his most like his most like effective far-reaching like but not too crazy movie like anyone can watch this and get something out of it And they don't need to have, like, a fucking Wikipedia page pulled up to understand, like, the random, weird, high-concept thing that he decides to introduce. God, I can't wait to watch Interstellar with you guys. Well, yeah, Interstellar, but even Tenet, like, his most recent film. Fucking all over the place. Love will find Murph. (laughs) Murph. Love! Murph. Um, But, yeah, you know, and I feel like this is, like... So many secret actors in that truly (laughs) um but this is the movie that i would show someone if i wanted to like if i was if i found someone under a rock and they were you know like i want to see a no a christopher nolan movie i've heard people whisper (laughs) about it outside of the rock i live under i would show them this one because i'd be like well you'll probably get something out of this and then i'd show them the other ones but this is like to me like the most contained concise and like well-crafted of his films do you like dunkirk like, uh i think dunkirk is fine but like if you don't give a shit about world war ii i don't know what you get out of that movie what if you give a shit about harry styles then you get to watch him be a racist harry styles is in dunkirk? kind of funny yeah he plays uh, the friend yeah, he's the racist oh wait he's a racist? a racist well he's like a culturalist or whatever what you don't remember? He's like super mean in that movie. Harry Styles doesn't speak. I thought he does. No, 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 he no. Speaks. He's he's the Frenchman. He doesn't know any English. I'm gonna look this up. Well, I think Brendan's correct because his eyes say it all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can just see what he sees in a Brit. Hey, he, you he you look at Harry Styles' eyes and he's like, oh, 
Thank God it's all civilized folk around here. <laughs> uh, all right, well, Dunkirk discussion aside, uh, Brendan, you done? I'm done, yeah. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I'm really glad that this was as positive a discussion as it was. Um, I do. This movie means a hell of a lot to me. Uh, I am definitely uh, a Nolan stan, if you will. Uh, not, as, you? not as much as I used to be. Um, and we'll get into this with other movies. Because uh, I do think some of his movies do lose a lot of merit on rewatch. Um, but this movie... I, I, truly, I, I hardly even put it in the crop with his other movies. And that's not to say I cast down on them. It's just this is such an elite tier for me. Everything we talked about, I think it's, I think it's magnificent. I think it's just a wonderful two hours. Um, and yeah, I'm really glad we got to talk about it. And that being said, let's get into voting. Let's do this. That being Ryan. said, which movie had more or less Billy Bob Thornton in it? Actually, I think we've changed the podcast like two times during this episode. I can't remember no. what we're doing now. No, we haven't changed it. We've turned it into an amalgamation of the Bicentennial Man discussion, mm. how much Billy Bob Thornton is it, and okay. uh, Dr. Seuss. This oh, episode yeah. has been a disaster, it, right? It, we, <laughs> had, it's uh, been really bad. We've had a lot. Right, guys, I loaded up Dunkirk. I can't hear you anymore. I'm watching Dunkirk right now. <laughs> Harry Styles, he's doing things in this movie. He's He's breathing. <laughs> Okay. Brendan, we gotta vote, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> vote. I'm gonna vote. Uh, I'll go first. Um, obviously, I'm voting for the Prestige, um, and I'm not even gonna rehash uh, my reasons really for either. Or uh, I love <laughs> I'm not even gonna give a reason Ghibli why. Doesn't speak to me that much. Um, so now I'm gonna take about a minute and talk about how much I need this, and talk about what's going on in my life, and how I will kill myself. <laughs> If the prestige does not win this vote, uh, Kyle's giving me five pamphlets. Yeah. since he's been here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I will. I will say. So obviously, I went into this thinking that, oh my god, I'm going to get absolutely decked. Uh, fellas, I've had YMCA music playing in my head all week. I think. I, I think I have a shot here. I think I have a shot. We're going to see. I cannot tie. So, I, I don't even know who we go to. For, I'm pretty sure Ryan's going uh, fucking spirited away, so... Well, I, we go to Alex now. I, I know we go to Alex, but he's he's kind of the linchpin here. So, do we want to do Alex, or do we want to do yeah, Brendan Yeah, I want to do Alex. All right, Alex. Go for it, baby. Put the nail in my coffin, or freaking let me hear that sweet, sweet rules. music. Yeah, so... Uh... I was honestly going into this fight. <laughs> I was pretty set on my on my decision. Um, but my my perspective on both these movies shifted a bit upon rewatching both of them. Um, Spirit Away is just such a a beautiful movie, such an expertly crafted crafted piece of animation with the beautiful story i love the characters i love the world uh, it's just imagination dumped onto the screen and i absolutely love it for that at the same time the prestige is such a clever movie 
I've now ranked it among my favorite Christopher Nolan ones. I love the story. I love the twist. I think it is insanely clever with how almost everything in this movie is a double-edged sword. It serves two, sometimes even three purposes throughout the movie. And I think it is his most, one of his most focused and, and super creative movies. So both these movies, it's a lot closer than I thought. Um, but ultimately, my decision comes down to I'm choosing The Prestige. Because after rewatching Spirited Away, I, I, I wish I had put Howl's Moving Castle in place of it. The ending was... Not as disappointing as the first time I watched it, but still, it's my biggest pain point in that movie, um, and it just it, it doesn't give me that nice bow to tie it up at the end. And for the Prestige, really, my only problem is is how to tie Christian Bale's character into pushing Hugh Jackman to go see Tesla. And you kind of made an argument for it, so I'm kind of leaning towards that's okay, but I'm still not completely satisfied with it. But the cloning thing, I love it. I love all everything to do with Tesla after that, and yeah, I I, I loved rewatching this movie. Okay, all right. Is it me or Brendan? Uh, it's Ryan next. It's me. It's got it. Yeah, I think you're a pretty. Uh, I think we know where you're going. All right. Um. So at, watching these two, I think the big conclusion that maybe all of us came to um, about Spirited Away is uh, that the world building and atmosphere far exceeded the, uh, the the reach of the story. If if you would, man's imagination exceeds, exceeds his <laughs> Precisely. Um, and <laughs> while the imagine like imaginative aspects of that movie are so great, the things that I lean towards our storytelling aspects of, of films and while the prestige it had things that I disagreed with um, and and felt they they took uh, took risks that I don't feel paid off and I think in a lot of cases they they tried to service a plot twist over storytelling I I do appreciate risks and I, I don't feel like spirited away takes big leaps or big risks in its storytelling and for that the prestige truly connects with me more than spirit of the way i i do think spirit of the way is probably the better film and and yet i'm still leaning towards the prestige because it has such great uh, production level acting storytelling and it, it really all comes together in a way that i think is ultimately more satisfying than spirit of the way um, would I always choose this over Spirit of the Way? Probably not. I, I'd probably choose it back and forth. But uh, in this instance, yeah, I, I, I think I'm uh, voting for the Prestige against uh, all odds. Fellas, <laughs> I might cry. I know. I, yeah, I, I know. I was rough on it, but uh, like far rougher on it than Spirit of the Way. But Spirit of the Way took far fewer risks, and uh, I think there's something to say about that. So, yeah. Oh, YMCA is playing for like eight Sound seconds. Sound it <laughs> off. Sound it off. Uh, but yeah, no. No, play the, the V for Vendetta, the victory thing. That's what Kyle needs. What, Overture 1812? Yeah. I can, I can rock with that. 
That maybe a domain problem. Maybe an overture of 1812 YMCA mashup. I'll bet that exists. <laughs> oh my goodness, Brendan! Brendan, Kyle, take her home. You didn't expect I don't that, even... did you? I did not. You have <laughs> flabbergasted me. Yeah. You Kyle, have. I. I. I don't even have to vote at this point. Nothing. There's no vote I could give that would change the outcome at this point. We have a majority. I, let's take a moment. Because I just, I want to reflect on that. That there's not a vote that could change the outcome of one of my movies. For, for the first time and since so August times. of 2021. Nothing <laughs> can change me winning. <laughs> <laughs> um you'll still always be in the negative i will i cannot i cannot go positive isn't it <laughs> hilarious that this is the first movie after the linchpin of you cannot go positive <laughs> you could have had this be your sixth movie and you'd still have hope but we stripped all the hope away from you and then went I, ahead and I, gave let's, you this. let's just go ahead i have lost nine in a row <laughs> i have been eviscerated on Hutsucker. I have had my hopes and dreams shattered on David Copperfield. But god damn it, Brendan, take her home, babe. Take her home. Alright. I I would like to mention how uh, how much of a jackass you were. Yep. No. La- last yep. episode. Calling me all sorts of things. I, all I, sorts and of junk. You know what? The humblest of apologies. Truly. And I and I, I and I and I called you out then for it. And I'm did. gonna call you out again now. Please do. I really I really love this movie, and I feel like this movie has a special connection between the two of us because you recommended it to me. You loaned me your ratty ass copy of it, <laughs> uh, and we participated in a, in a sort of a flagging of uh, Christian <laughs> about his bad <laughs> opinions about this movie. So I, I I would like to bring that up just so when no I I, vote, I, I, I truly I, I I shame shame begotten to me <laughs> I was as a dog that has been beaten its entire life I lashed out at all who came close and I apologize <laughs> um, to you sincerely because I did not I didn't think you cared for this movie as much as you did. Um, Sorry, Kyle. This is your Black Panther. This is. This is my Black Panther. <laughs> Actually, Fury was my Black Panther. But this is my other Black Panther. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm voting for The Prestige because I enjoyed it more. It sticks with me way more. Like Ryan said, it takes a lot of risks. It, it really relies on the audience wanting to investigate with yeah. Jackman and hopefully coming to different conclusions. Um, and I think that's just really something special. I wish that there were more movies like this from Christopher Nolan. Smaller, more contained, <clears throat> less um, ephemeral and, like, strange. Uh, that I, I think he's 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 got a real, a real talent for it. Because Memento's also kind of like this, where it's like oh, a it's weird... Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I wish there was more stuff like this uh, with with him at the helm. But... You know, we'll we'll see. Maybe he'll do something like this in the future. But my vote is for the prestige. Congratulations, Kyle. You've got Thank a you. full sweep. sweep. I, a fu- I, uh, I don't know what to say, gentlemen. I, I adore you all. I'm glad we got to do this. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> for any any hostilities I have shared in the past almost year now. Um, thank you. 
Thank I you can't wait to tell people that um, my friends and I think Edge of Tomorrow is better than Pulp Fiction, and The Prestige is better than Spirited Away. Well, you just have to tell them that three of that the, 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 these three friends of yours are white men, and I think that will become very clear. <laughs> I think. Oh, know. actually, oh, everybody, yeah, I did want to have another change in the podcast to does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Um, and we vote on that and that alone. In which case, I do think the Prestige will lose this week's yeah. matchup. Unfortunately, um, it does. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I'm comfortable with that. I'm okay with moving on. Yeah, with uh, moving on the bracket. Cool. All right, I'm I'm jotting down the Prestige as the victor in this matchup. Uh, she took me home. Uh, I am. I'm genuinely sorry, Brendan. Ryan, I, can I, you I... see what the Prestige is going to be up against? Yes, it's going to be up against Pan's Labyrinth. <sighs> That's a rough. Ooh, that's, that's a, a rough good match. Matchup. That's gonna be a good match. That's no. I would have thought it would have been really hilarious if it was two of Alex's movie up, two of Alex's movies up against each other. Man, I hope we have. Oh, we're like good. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, of Mr. course, Winner we are. Over there. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that could be. Do we? How many matchups do we have set at this point? We have. I wouldn't mind running through what we have in the round. Yeah, we can do yeah, we'll, stats. All right. We'll do a matchup catch up. So, uh, in the next round of... Trademark it, trademark it. <laughs> in the Kino Clash next round of 16... 32. Correct. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the first one... I'm, I'm just going in order. Um, top left to bottom left to top right to bottom right. We have Silence of the Lambs versus Hell or High Water. Ooh, we that's have, a 4v5. That's going to be good. We have Push versus The Green Mile. We have no <laughs> push. Uh, this is a double Ryan feature: Alien versus Good Time. We have Whoa. Smoke Signals versus Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey. We have Old Boy versus Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. The, the aforementioned Pan's Labyrinth versus The Prestige, and those are all the ones we have set so far. Okay. Um, Damn delightful. Yeah, there's only uh, there's only a couple spaces that won't be fully set at this point. Um, we have we have two quadrants, uh, which are 1917, Black Swan, Citizen Kane, and Metropolis. Those four are gonna be battling it out um, in that order. Let's see who takes that slot, and then we have uh, Eye in the Sky, Doctor Strange Love, The Last City of Zed. And better look tomorrow, taking up the other four that have not been seen. So we don't know how that will shape up. But everything else, the next matchup will decide its uh, its fate in the round of thirty two. So, well, let's roll them bones then. Yeah, I think we're ready. God, isn't this fun, everybody? Isn't it I'm nice when we're all so winning? excited? Isn't it I hope great? It's Shin, I hope it's Shin Godzilla, Metropolis, or Steve Jobs. I've been wanting Inside for a minute, so I could be down. Honestly, I want to watch Inside so I can watch the outtakes. Cause I've been oh, you haven't watched them yet either? No. I'm so excited. We have an actual D12. Oh, we could have rolled a D12. We can roll a D12. Let's roll a D12. This is special. <laughs> this is a special one. We're getting a D12. Nerd alert. <laughs> Nerd alert! Oh, oh, a, a, a bunch of a bunch of white guys doing a movie podcast are nerds. Wow! <laughs> Way to shock the audience, Brendan. <laughs> oh, D twelve. 
how you took the victory today. I, to I would love to. Do it lightly. This box isn't terribly large. <laughs> Six. Six. Oh, that's going to be deep. One, and while two, you're counting three, that up, I just want to bring up that the five. movie character that Kyle looks like today is <laughs> the Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, oh, baby, we we have this is a big one. We have a big matchup. You guys want to take a guess? For you guys want to take a guess? What we got? Speed jump. Steve Racer. <laughs> no, nothing. No, that. it's no. not that big. Aww. But it is pretty elite. <laughs> Here, I'll do one more recount real quick. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Do you? Uh, I'll give you. Guys. Just tell us. It is number one seed, Forrest Gump, versus <laughs> number sixteen seed, Dread. Let's go. Oh my god! I'm actually very excited to see Dread. I've heard it's really great. Um, the The original Judge Dread was so corny, and I wasn't that into it. But I've heard this is just like crazy over the top and way better made <laughs> so well it's I'm, got uh what I'm keith urban in it right mm-hmm. yeah carl urban carl <laughs> <laughs> keith Ur- full. yeah keith urban is the country singer right? yeah um, but yeah so uh it's got cersei lannister in it oh i didn't know that news to me well she's in the fucking purge who cares <laughs> You know, the only thing that could make Dread better is if uh, Tom Hanks were in it. Or maybe Gary Sinise. I don't yeah, know. Alex, are you sure you want to do this one? Yeah, you know right. you're going up against Forrest Gump, right? We might just want to skip this. Everybody's uh, favorite uh, movie that they were shown in history class in high school. Alex, um, I'm sure you've seen my record. It's quite intimidating. Um, are you sure you want to do this? Hey, Alex no. is the one person who beat your ass. So I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> You will know, I feel good no about mercy dread. from me. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, Forrest survived a bullet. So, if that's all Dredd has to offer, then I think I have a pretty good chance here. <laughs> uh, this is exciting. I haven't yeah. watched Forrest Gump in quite a while, so it'll be good to return to my baby. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it'll also be good to watch a new movie. So, I, Yeah, who's seen Dredd? Okay, yeah. Alex just Brendan. Yeah, neither Just of us Brendan. Have. Alex hasn't seen it. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've heard it's really good, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, yeah, well, uh, do we want to do Kino stats real quick? Hell yeah. I'm willing, to, okay. I'm willing to rep some clout real quick. It's episode 20. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, please, you're going to intimidate us too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to... <laughs> So I'm a hundred percent better than I was last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know it, it started really heavily with me. I think at this point Kyle has had the most. No, I think we're losses. tied. No, we Kyle, Kyle and I are tied, and Alex and Brendan are not too far off. So uh, I tied tied for movies, movies, not wins. Okay. So it, but it is very close. Um. As it stands, I have 10 wins, 1 loss. Kyle now has 10 wins, 9 losses. <laughs> Alex has 3 wins, 5 losses. And Brendan, the other positive Kino Clasher, has 5 wins and 4 losses. Wow. Also, I've had the fewest movies. 
Uh, yeah, you've had eight. Next lowest is Brendan with nine. And Kyle and I are both tied with 11. That's right. Me uh, and Ryan have 11 wins. So I'm doing you're very like Ryan's well on this dark podcast. mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, Kyle is like a big dark brain in a jar. <laughs> Whereas I'm a, a, a plushy pink brain in a jar. My, my, my brain jar is filled with poo poo <laughs> and slime, baby. Kyle's brain is like when in like health class or whatever, when they showed you the lung that was a smoker and then the lung. That was <laughs> Kyle is the smoker lung. <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that out of the way i guess we close this thing down right feels good to be a gangster you know? yeah i'm, I'm boarding <laughs> out the windows all right everybody join us next time for the battle of the minds with forrest gump versus dread we'll see you there bye-bye so long bye